This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. All right, today is Monday, August 31st. Kathy is out. I shall be handling the news duties. We'll begin with this. Temple University is suspending in-person classes for two weeks amid COVID-19 outbreak. The announcement was made yesterday in a letter to the university community citing the increase as a possible result of small social gatherings happening off campus. According to the university, they said in a statement, we are instituting a two-week pause for in-person classes and an intense, extensive collaboration with PDPH to uh, test and contact trace students' cases and minimize further spread, the university said, after officials had reported nearly 60 active COVID-19 cases within the school community on Friday. The university says further tests revealed that there are now a total of 103 active cases. Students taking in-person classes will go online starting today and will continue until September 11th. Classes that are already online will not be impacted by this decision. Only classes designated by the dean of a school or college as essential will continue in-person learning. Those students who qualify will be notified directly. The university said an assessment of the situation will be made during this period to determine the best course moving forward. And we are hopeful, of course, that we will be able to return to the full hybrid program in place at the start of the semester. But any such decision will be driven by the data, data and public health guidance available at the time. Uh, working with the Health Department, Temple plans to test 400 students today, and they will be testing those who feel ill and those who have been in contact with someone who has tested positive. Police said two children, ages 7 and 10, were killed in a car crash overnight yesterday. Uh, the Philadelphia's, uh, it was in the Philadelphia's Juniata neighborhood, it happened just before 1 a.m. on Huntington Park Avenue near Kensington Avenue. Officials said a family was driving east on Hunting Park Avenue when the two when two men in a BMW had crashed into them at Kensington Avenue. Uh, the impact of the crash sent the family's Toyota Corolla careening off the street, and two boys were thrown from oh the car. God. Yeah, apparently this is an area where people get to really high speeds. Yeah, uh, some of the neighbors were commenting on the fact yeah. that it happens all the time. Uh, neighbor surveillance camera captured the scene as medics arrived at the scene and transported members of the family to the hospital. Police said the father suffered facial lacerations in the crash. Officials said he refused treatment at the scene to accompany his children to the hospital. The boys were taken to St. Christopher's Hospital where they were pronounced dead. The mother was taken to Albert Einstein Medical Center. She's in a stable condition. Officials said that she fractured her spine in the crash. Late Sunday morning, neighbors could be seen placing candles and hanging uh, teddy bears at the scene. Residents said that they want the city to put up speed bumps and red light cameras. Police said the driver of the striking car had made a U-turn and attempted to drive off but stopped the car about 50 feet away, then jumped out along with the passenger and ran off. Investigators said the pair was caught about a mile away, and the driver was charged with multiple charges, including murder, homicide by vehicle, driving without a license, tampering with evidence, and obstruction of justice. A man was stabbed in the eye while waiting for a train on a SEPTA platform late Sunday. It happened just before midnight on the platform at Broad Street and Girard Avenue in North Philadelphia. Police said the 25-year-old was taken to the hospital in stable condition. Suspect reportedly ran away from the scene following the incident. Uh, Both SEPTA and Philadelphia police are investigating. There's no word on what might have prompted the incident at this time. 
Anyone with information is asked to contact police. And we need a lighter store to end with, so we're going to go with this. Two police officers in Delaware County are being hailed as heroes uh, for helping out. They immediately utilized their training when they entered a call and found a woman in the throes of having a baby. Huh. One of the officers was brand new to the force. Uh, thanks to Morton Police Officer Joseph Laspina and his partner, Officer Ian Kelly, uh, Mitura Akani is a new, healthy little girl. But four days ago, she arrived much earlier than expected. It was from the help of these two officers uh, who had uh, to deliver her. The call came in around 10 p.m. Wednesday where they were running into a home of Hazmat Akani and Azmath Ligali. And while in shock, Hazmat had said, I was so scared, I didn't want to touch the baby. His head was out. I said, I don't know what's going on. God. Uh, the officers had one option, and that was to deliver. They said she was crowning when we got there. She was obviously in a lot of pain. We just tried to comfort her as much as we could. The officers say, uh, hearing that first cry meant everything. Uh, Kelly said, myself and Joe looked at each other, started smiling. We knew that the baby was okay. So the, the first step is to get the mother comfortable and then perform a tracheotomy, correct? Yeah, you immediately yeah, yeah, yeah. perform a tracheotomy. Yeah. Uh, Laspina even made sure the newborn stayed warm, being the first one to put the tiny baby cap on. On Saturday, they came to check in on the doting family, and the whole family couldn't help but hug them. So, good news. Our very own Jackie Bam Bam, that's his cousin. Yeah, oh. I saw him post about it over the weekend, so he was very proud uh, yeah, of that. So it should be. Very cool. All right, in sports this morning. <laughs> Don't shoot the messenger, but the Flyers lost to the New York Islanders last night's game for third period goals put the game out of reach as the Islanders took a 3-2-1 series lead with a 3-2 win. They're going to look to keep their season alive with game uh, with the game tomorrow night in Toronto. Phil's lost to the Atlanta Braves last night at the ballpark. Austin Riley homer doubled and drove in three runs in Atlanta's 10-run second inning. Oh, wow. And the Braves held on for a 12-10 win over the Phils. Andrew McCutcheon, Reese Hoskins, Roman Quinn, Homer for the Phils, who were down by 10. But they made a game of it. Uh, the homestand continues tonight as Washington Nationals come to town. And uh, Jake Arrieta gets to start. Game time scheduled for 7.05. And Auburn University, which canceled multiple football practices last week, will be uh, without 16 players due to COVID-19 concerns when the team attempts to restart practice this week. Uh, Coach... Uh, Gus Mulzahn, uh, yes, how you say his name, uh, told reporters that the team currently has nine players who have tested positive for the coronavirus and seven others who are considered high risk. Uh, he said the Tigers have had very few players who have exhibited who have exhibited major symptoms, and added, "We're learning as we go here every day, and every week is a challenge." Auburn is <laughs> scheduled to open the season on September 26th at home against Kentucky. And there you go. That's what I have in news, sports, weather, all well done. the nice things job. you need to know on this Monday morning. Thank you very much. And uh, we welcome you and everybody here in the studio back from a weekend, hopefully an enjoyable one for you guys. It was. Yesterday was beautiful. Was it not perfect? It was gorgeous. That's I, how I'll take them every day like that. Exactly. While our Classic windows, sort of fall in, the fall in summer day. While our windows are not yet tinted, Steve, take a look outside and look at that sunrise. Yeah, oh, soon beautiful. the tinting will occur, sending us into a dramatic depression. Bluish and pink colors. I'm but loving for now, them. it's nice. It yep. does look nice. All right, well, uh, we have a few things that are going on through the course of today's show. We will be having uh, on the program, guest-wise, Taylor Tomlinson, who's performing at Punchline 
uh, for some midweek shows and uh, actually for, yeah, a little bit of a, a stand there Wednesday through Monday. Her last, I think, 10 shows uh, on the Punchline Circuit, Preston, all sold out. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Taylor's checking in the 9 o'clock hour. We're also going to have uh, David Zucker. Yes. On the program. Love the Zucker brothers. Wow. Director. Now, the reason he's calling in is the 40th anniversary of the re- re-release of Airplane. We talked about it not that long ago. We did a long segment. Yeah. And so it's very cool that he's calling in. Uh, so he's... I mean, so many great movies throughout the years. Well, the police, the, the uh, police squad, yeah. uh, a Kentucky Fried movie. Yeah, so we will uh, we'll spend time with Mr. Zucker on the nine o'clock hour as well. So those guests are going to be joining us. We have a new word of the week prize. We have a ticket for you and three friends to see Smith and Myers, uh, which is going to be the show at it's Thursday night the third. Wait a minute, what's going on here? On uh, Thursday, tomorrow, slash tonight, 9-3. Is, is that this coming Thursday? Yes. That's the word of the week. We give that away on Friday. No, we're no, we not don't. here on Friday, bro. We're not. Oh, no Friday, bro. That's right. <laughs> so yeah. sad, bro. We won't be here on Friday, bro. That's right. We do have vacation day. So we're going to give that away early. All right, Thursday. All right, all right. I'm always the last to know. <laughs> Well, but, and then it's Labor Day. <laughs> and then it's Labor Day. I know. Yeah, so it's a holiday weekend. All right, so we will give that away. I, just, I was confused by that, and I forgot. Bonus, man. <laughs> Bonus. Score. Score. <laughs> How are we giving Rad. the tickets away the day after the event? I don't understand. It doesn't, there's no words on it. No, I'm, I'm not going to. Yeah, we'll, F it. We'll do it live. <laughs> All right. So these things sucks. These things and more are taking place. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll get up to speed by the time yeah. we get to the next break. How about that? Speed we'll come, we'll come back in a moment and get to the entertainment news. Obviously, a huge loss in the world of entertainment. You probably already know. I'm sure you do. But we'll come back with the details and more. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Like what you hear? You can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. Steven Singer Jewelers Showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut is now open for appointments only. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com to book your appointment today. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So the stupid question prize today is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 for PS4. And the question I'm going to ask is about a tall tale. I, I just loved those when I was So did I, the, yeah. The, the folklore. And this has to do with Paul Bunyan. I love the Paul Bunyan myth. In one tale, Paul chases his ox, babe, all over the state of Minnesota. And according to the story, what natural features do their footprints create? Mm-hmm. 215-263-WMMR. Call now if you know the answer. Okay, so Paul Bunyan chases babe all over Minnesota. And what foot? What do his footprints leave behind? Two one five two six three WMMR should say their footprints. All right, I'm going to go through some birthdays while we're waiting for the answer. Today is Monday, August thirty first, last day of the month, and celebrating birthdays today, Richard Gear. Uh, Richard Gear turned seventy one years old today. That's why Kathy's off today. Must be she's <laughs> yeah, celebrating she, his birthday. That's still got a super crush on Richard Gear. She does. She was fangirling when he was in the studio. Yep, they got along swimming. <laughs> sure did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's damn handsome. Uh, he's a good looking man. Absolutely. But uh, he was apparently a real jerk to Mark Summers on a plane one time. <laughs> that's the word. Like <laughs> yes. he he got on. It was in first class, and Richard Gear was already seated. Uh-huh. And Mark Summers comes in. He's he's uh, looking for a seat. And Richard, I think Richard Gere actually said, "Oh no, not you! Uh, oh no, not you! Yeah, 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 something like that." And it's like you scumbag. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know, Mark's really not anyone to hold back. No, uh, he does not. <laughs> he does not bite his tongue. Not at all. 
Uh, so happy 71st to Richard Gere. Uh, Itzhak Perlman, the yes. violin- violinist, the virtuoso, is uh, 75 years old today. Um, and you'll see him from time to time. And in that world, he's obviously the rock star. But uh, I believe he's also the, the violinist uh, for the soundtrack to Schindler's List. Oh, really? I think he either okay. was nominated or part of that Oscar-winning well, soundtrack. I would, uh, I've would. i always wanted to actually see him perform live. I wonder if he's ever played The Devil Went Down to Georgia. You know what? <laughs> Just for fun. Probably. Right? Yeah. He's 75. Uh, it's Debbie Gibson's birthday oh. today. Debbie Gibson turns 50 years old today. I had a Debbie Gibson crush when she first came out. Oh, me too. Big time. And speaking of, you know, someone who you remember as a teenager, some of us do, is turning 50 years old today. I forgot when uh, it was Macaulay Calkin's birthday. It was last week or the week before. He tweeted out, he goes, hey, do you want to feel old? I'm 40. <laughs> and it was perfect. You're welcome. He yeah, was perfect. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Deborah Gibson is uh, turning 50 years old. Yeah, I always, always had a thing for Debbie. One of my first uh, agents in comedy uh, was associated with her agent some way. And so I got to go up. To, when when she first broke big, mm-hmm. uh, she, they, they had like a complex set up in Manhattan. And it was like, it was like, it was like 50 people working, you know, with 8 by 10s and sending out stuff and fan letters and all that stuff. Like, dear God. Yeah. Uh, we also have another music uh, birthday from the Go-Go's drummer Gina Shaw is celebrating her birthday today. I've not watched the documentary yet, and I've heard it's great. Always dug the band. Yeah, and Gina Shock and Preston, they, so they make the point in that documentary about the Go-Go's that Gina Shock was probably the most accomplished of the musicians. Interesting. Yeah, and so she made the band tighter. Okay. I believe that. So happy 63rd to her. Uh, it's also rock great Van Morrison's birthday today. Love Van Morrison. Yep. He's a super, super talented guy. Multi-instrumentalist, great singer, obviously, and songwriter. One of the most bizarre shows I ever saw. It was a great show, but it was at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It was a Van Morrison concert at the Spectrum. And it was weird because we're like people would go out to the bathroom, the door would open up, and light would come streaming into the venue. Yeah, they had curtains. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. Uh, he is uh, 75 years old today. Also uh, celebrating today is Glenn Tilbrook of Squeeze. Uh, he is 63 years old. I today. played this for my daughter the other day because she's going through a major 80s kick, right? Oh. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, if you don't mind, you know, we were driving back from the shore. I'm like, I, I, you know, you play a song that you like, and yeah. then I'll play one for you. She loved uh, Squeeze. And I played Pulling Muscles as well, which oh. I love. That's a great song Excellent. as well. Excellent. Happy 63rd to uh, Glenn Tilbrook. Rudolph Shanker of the Scorpions. Turned 72 years old today. They are a, a fra- favorite um, air guitar band. Of oh, yeah. Like, I would I would pose in the mirror <laughs> pretending to play guitar back when songs like this were brand new on the radio. Uh, so he is uh, 72 years old today. I always like Scorpions. Uh, it's also Chris Tucker's birthday today. Rush Hour movies, Fifth Element. And, uh, he and was, the Rush Hour movies. Uh, <laughs> he was here one time. He was a really nice guy. And the yeah. word on him, you remember leading up to that, it was that he was kind of uh, a pain in the ass and a prick, and he was really good. He's uh, 49. And the last birthday I saw is Marsha Clark, prosecutor in the O.J. Simpson murder trial. Uh, and she is 67. Uh, we'll see if we can get an answer to today's stupid question. Uh, in the Paul Bunyan lore, 
Uh, Paul chases his ox, babe, all over the state of Minnesota. And according to the story, what natural feature do their footprints create? Ten, uh, 215-263-WMMR. And I will go uh, to John see if he knows. Hey, John, how you doing, man? Hey, you jabronis. Hey, cool word. <laughs> all right. What is the natural feature that the footprints created in? Uh, Let's see. Uh, Minnesota is the land of 10,000 lakes. 10,000 lakes. Yep. Ah. You got it. Hang on, John. Got your info. We are going to set you up with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 for PS4. You can play the most iconic skateboarding games ever made in one epic collection. Rebuilt from the ground up in incredible HD. All the pro skaters, levels, and tricks are back and fully remastered. And it is available this Friday on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and on PC via Epic. And you can pre-order that today. I actually have box office results Whoa. today. That's pretty amazing. Something How, long? How long has it been? It's been six months. Yeah. Probably. It's but crazy. They're coming up on it. Wow. So, at the box office this weekend, I only have the top five. I don't have ten. Number five was Words on Bathroom Walls. Number four was The Personal History of David Copperfield. (laughs) Number three, Bill and Ted Face the Music. That made a million dollars. A million dollars. (laughs) 1.06. Yes, the theaters are like 25% capacity. Yeah. Uh, Number two was Unhinged. That's a Russell Crowe movie. And number one, The New Mutants made $7 million. And that's available for streaming as well, is it not? New Mutants is? Oh, I would have watched that. I I thought it was, and and, uh, I don't know. I'll have to find that. I did watch Bill and Ted's. I know you did as well, Case. I did. And uh, I don't know if you bought yours or rented yours. I rented mine. Okay. I bought mine because it was only five more dollars than the rental, and I was like, well... What if I love it? What if I want to leave something to my grandchildren? Well, I was like, I might as well own it, you know, for five more dollars, you know? Okay. All right, so anyhow, uh, we'll see as those uh, restrictions start to, you know, continue to loosen up, and uh, maybe we'll see some more take at the box office. A million dollars. So we're going to dive right into the biggest story, entertainment-wise, of the weekend. So sad. It was like a gut punch. Chadwick Boseman has passed away. He had colon cancer. He was 43 years old. He died surrounded by family after a four-year battle that nobody heard about. No one! With colon cancer that he managed to keep completely private despite starring in and promoting multiple critically acclaimed films while undergoing surgeries and chemotherapy. On Instagram, his team shared... It is with immeasurable grief, grief that we confirm the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer in 2016 and battled it with uh, battled battled it these last four years as uh, it progressed to stage four. The true fighter, Chadwick, persevered through it all and brought you many of the films you have come to love so much, from Marshall to The Five Bloods, August Wilson's Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And several more, all were filmed during and between countless surgeries and chemotherapy. Bozeman's team wrote that his role as King T'Challa in Black Panther was the honor of his career. Uh, They said he died in his home with his uh, wife and family by his side. Uh, The family thanks you, your love, for your love and your prayers and asks that you continue to respect their privacy during this difficult time. Uh, Bozeman is also beloved for his portrayals of historical figures such as Jackie, uh, Jackie Robinson in 42, Thurgood Marshall in Marshall, and James Brown in Get On Up. Man, was I, he good in that. He was so good as James Brown. I, I It is 
it's hard to not believe that that's actually James Brown. That's what I was thinking. It's one of those one of those performances that transcends the deal where you're like, ah, they must have found footage. They must have found footage because this is too good. He was incredible in that. Uh, in 2018, he spoke of his relationship with two fans who died of cancer before Black Panther was released. He had told Entertainment Weekly, throughout our filming, I was communicating with them, knowing uh, that they were both terminal. Uh, what they and their parents said to me was that they were trying to hold on till this movie comes. To a certain degree, it's a humbling experience because you're like, this, this can't mean that much to them. But seeing how the world has taken this on, I realize they anticipated something great. Thinking back now to when I was a kid, waiting for Christmas to come, waiting for my birthday to come, waiting for a toy I was going to get, uh, a chance to experience, or a video game, I did live uh, life waiting for those moments. Uh, it put me back in the mind of being a kid and feeling those two boys' anticipation of this movie. So so Denzel Washington had apparently paid for some of his college when he was uh, learning, um, you know, to act. Yeah. And um, so, But, I mean, when people that close apparently were unaware of it, and the news started to break late Saturday uh, evening, I'm like, you, you've got to be kidding me. The fact that he could do movie productions like he was involved with the Marvel movies and the level of physicality, and he was undergoing that and still managing to pull all of that off, ABC ran uh, Black Panther last night in honor of uh, uh, of his passing. I think Did it was you- Friday night that the news broke, Steve, um, because I was watching uh, Jim Gardner, and the text started to go around amongst uh, amongst us. I think it was Friday that we found out. Yeah, about it was. Him. Was it? Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and so, um, and and I had put my phone down for a little while, and then picked it up and saw a text chain amongst the show and, and a few other people, and then, but I uh, before I got to that, uh, I saw I saw Jim Gardner report on it, and he goes, "This one is shocking." Yeah. And, and that's just how I felt. And I felt about it that way all weekend. And I sort of did a deep dive on a lot of his stuff. And his, his Instagram is really, um, it, it's odd to say, but posthumously, it's a cool follow. And and he sang some Bill Wither, Withers stuff when Bill Withers passed away in April. And I just, I found myself crying watching Chadwick mourn the loss of Bill Withers. And now we're mourning the loss of Chadwick Boseman. Well, if you, and if you stop and think about, uh, there were, a lot of stuff comes into focus now. Because they were pointing out interviews where they were talking about, it looked like, you know, the interviewer saying, it looks like you're getting in shape for a role or you're dropping weight. And he says, oh, I'll tell you later, basically. You know, I'll, I'll tell you what's going on later. And, I can't and believe he kept it a secret. Yeah. The, 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 this, like a number of other cases, being David Bowie and a few others where you're like, you had no idea that they were sick and just were soldiering on. But for a brief career. A forty, you know, 43, uh, you want to talk about movies that have touched people. And... There, there is another Black Panther movie um, in the works, and how do you recast that? Yeah. You, you don't. I no, don't. He was I don't, perfect. Yeah, you can't. He had the right um, heartfelt, yeah, heroic attributes. That you, you know, it's, it would be hard to find that, and I don't know if people would even allow that. What you know? I didn't. What it's I like, didn't it's know. like retiring a jersey or, yeah. or something. You know. What I didn't know was that there is a uh, female Black panther character in the in the books and i guess maybe that's just you know and it's his sister i guess yeah and maybe that's just the way that you know pass the baton yeah so to speak i i actually had a hard time when i told my son about it because we had all basically you know uh, nick we found out in the same text chain that was the his reaction to me was the one that really got me uh because you know it, it was he he didn't believe it and then i could see that he, like he, it upset him yeah but then he didn't want to l- 
It was, well, it's it was hard to process. Like, well, it was almost like he was trying to save me a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah, from, yeah. you know, a little bit of heartache. He's like, no, I'm okay. And I'm like, okay. I, but I, <laughs> I, I can see that you're not. It's you know okay I mean? to not be okay. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, it was, it, it blew us all away. Um, do we want to play clips later on or? Whatever you want. There's, there's a number of them. Oh, yeah, um, you know, um, if you, if you want to uh, hold that for later, we can do that. Let's play a couple of them in a little while because I have some other things. The MTV Awards were last night. I know you all have been waiting for the results of that. But it was an amazing. I didn't watch it, but I, I will come back to this uh, in a little bit. It was just, it was a gut punch. It was just yeah, the sad yeah. news. And in fact, uh, Spike Lee uh, had talked about working him on the set uh, with him on the set of uh, The Five Bloods. He said uh, no one knew Chadwick had colon cancer when they worked on the film. He said uh, we we did it in Thailand. It was hot, jungles, mountains. Chadwick was there with us all the way. I never, ever suspected that anything was wrong. No one knew he was going through treatment, chemotherapy. He said Chadwick, a trooper, never complained. He was there every single minute in the moment, and his performance is a testament uh, to what he put into that role and all his roles. He added, we miss you, Chadwick. We are going to celebrate your life. So, so just terrible, terrible news. So. Yeah, we'll play some clips and and, uh, is he, and so on in a little bit. Of the Marvel world, you know, of that Avengers group, I mean, no one else has passed. There's nobody besides Stanley himself, the creator. Yeah, yeah nobody I know yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lady Gaga was the big winner of the MTV Video Music Awards last night, uh, walking away with five awards. Three of the stars' trophies were shared with Ariana Grande for their collaborative track, Rain On Me, including Song of the Year, Best Collaboration, and Best Cinematography. Uh, the pair also performed the track live for the first time at the socially distanced ceremony. I was uh, I was jumping over to watch it periodically. Okay, uh, and what when you would go over, you would see um, pro- produce numbers. It was almost like a, like a uh, you were watching videos. Oddly enough, an MTV Music Video Award that they had produced uh, stuff for, but right. it, it was uh, it was not the usual audience and and uh and and posing and preening that you're used to seeing and it was actually a little bit more easy to take did you watch any of it i had no interest okay yeah. flyers wrong neither <laughs> uh by the way lady gaga was uh honored with the first ever tricon award the tricon award is uh, much whatever. coveted what the hell is the tricon, I don't know what the tricon is uh but she was celebrate oh here we go her her music film and activism so well, there you go that's the tricon uh, that's and then the, the tricon. Vulcan award the what? The Klingon and the Vulcan Award. The, Vulcan, what, yeah. the Vulcan Award. Uh, Gaga said that she failed multiple times as a musician and actress and noted how philanthropy has become a big part for her of her career. She's a good actress. Uh, she is. I, I thought uh, A Star is Born was phenomenal. She's really I, I good. she was excellent in it. Uh, BTS walked away with four Moonman trophies for Best Group, Best Pop, Best K-Pop, and Best uh, Choreography for... I- on. I was hyperventilating. I was crying so hard. <laughs> sure. I, I did watch their video. It was actually really well done. Uh, they also gave the debut live performance of their new single, Dynamite. Uh, video of the year. Which went- a tribute to Jimmy Walker Preston. Video of the year went to The Weeknd for Blinding Lights and uh, also won Best R&B for the same track. And the star used both his acceptance speeches to call for justice for Jacob Blake and Brianna Taylor. Uh, the ceremony, which was originally scheduled to take place at Brooklyn's, Bar- Brooklyn's Barclays Center, uh, but was moved to various outdoor locations due to the coronavirus pandemic, was hosted by Kiki Palmer. Kiki. And uh, she opened the show by paying tribute to Chadwick Boseman. We do have that audio if you want to hear that. Uh, oh. Case, if you could set that up for me. 
I'm sorry. Hang on a second. Uh, I don't. I don't see that. Okay. All right. We do uh, not have that on. No, we do not. But it was touching. It should be. Uh, uh, VMAs dedicated. Okay. Sorry. We do. Have that on. Uh, we do. Before we get into the music tonight, we need to take the time to talk about the devastating loss of Chadwick Boseman, an actor whose talent and passion is a true inspiration to all the fans he touched and everyone he encountered. We dedicate tonight's show to a man whose spirit touched so many. He is a true hero, not just on screen, but in everything he did. His impact lives forever. So she started with that, which was nice. Um, so buzzworthy performances, Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande, uh, BTS, Miley Cyrus, Black Eyed Peas, uh, and more took the stage while A-listers like Drew Barrymore and Kelly Clarkson had presented. Uh, and this year, the VMAs also added two categories to reflect the current state of music. Best music video from home uh-huh. and best quarantine performance, which went to Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber's Stuck With You. And who's CNCO? I don't know who that is. Uh, they're, they're unplugged at home. Okay, not familiar, but we wish them all the best. Best rock. Uh, the, the one category that uh, deals with rock went to Coldplay for the song Orphans. Okay. okay. Go. All right. I mean, it's like uh, it's not a rock song. I know. And uh, but you know what the thing is is that le- it the the MTV Music Awards have been dropping in in audience over the past couple of years. This didn't do them any good last night. But I have to say, what they were left with and how they had to produce it, they did a pretty decent job. Okay. Uh, you know, I mentioned at the box office uh, about how, uh, you know, we, we actually had some scores and uh, New Mutants uh, went to the top. Uh, only about 62% of U.S. movies are open right now uh, following a five-month shutdown. And judging from box office receipts, moviegoers are still hesitant to head back to the theaters. The numbers are still low. On the theaters that are open, auditoriums maintain 25 to 50% capacity uh, to allow for social distancing restrictions. Uh, the new mutants snagged seven million. You said earlier. New uh, next weekend, more theaters are expected to reopen as Tenet makes its debut. Observers will be watching California as Governor Newsom introduces new reopening plans, and San Francisco and San Diego are potentially going to be open. Tony, San Francisco might be opening up. Uh, it's going to be great time. <laughs> Can't wait to see the new mutants. Headed. To- <laughs> They've got powers that'll blow your mind, Preston. But it's scary. Yeah, it's not like the other ones. So, uh, Very scary. I hear one of them can blow poop out of his eyes. Wow. Out of his eyes? Out of his eyes. That's what I got to see. That's something, right? Yeah. Is that you... one out? I guess that mutant is out of San Francisco. Absolutely. Okay. The Bay Area. Uh, the One of our own. The new mutants drew 60% male, 34% female, 61% of the audience being 18 to 34, which is exactly who Disney expected. What kind of blood types were coming in, Preston? Would show up as, I don't know, would show up as cinemas reopened during the pandemic. You know uh, you can't pump your own butter anymore now. The under <laughs> <laughs> They got to do it for you for the COVID thing. Oh. Pump they your own a- butter? Yeah, you know they have butter oh, stations. For the, for the popcorn. popcorn. I thought you meant like churning butter at home. No, I'm no, sorry. no. You, okay. Uh, yeah, if you butter. want to bring your butter churn, bring it. All right. Tony, so, in an odd coincidence, uh it was nice to see Tony that you do <laughs> you put on Instagram last night a, a post about um pancakes. Which often I love them. I know, yeah. I and, love those goddamn things. So Let did me- you put your own butter on those pancakes? 
At home, I do, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. There were lemon ricotta pancakes. I can only do one, te- one uh, uh, slice at a time, though. Gotcha. Because they're very heavy. Uh, new Mutants drew... Wait, I already said that. So, uh, the New the, Mutants drew... The under-18 crowd repped 14% of those 25. Uh, over 25 repped 60%. IMAX pulled in $390,000 off... It didn't get good reviews. Of 206 screens. It didn't? It did not. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, repping 5.5 of the domestic opening. I should have sold Bill and Ted's. Okay. <laughs> those two guys are a hoot. What's going on? Uh, hey, uh, Tony, can I talk to Steve again real quick? Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, what's going on with these um, uh, X-Men movies? Because the source material is great. Why are they pumping out such crap movies? Well, th- but this one was actually uh, sitting there for a couple of years. Right. Uh, and um, that was the deal with that. They're Is it go- the directors? Are they picking oh. the wrong directors? You know what? The last one, the, the Dark Phoenix, right? The last one. I which- didn't even watch it. It's not that bad. Really? It's okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, it's not great. Um, but you're right. You know, s- where they started from and how they've deteriorated. In case I don't know. Because there's more than enough. I wonder if it's, we've been to this dance so often. Mm. You know? Here's what happened with me and and the the X-Men universe with the comics goes. Okay? So, I was all in. I was right. I was getting my... my uh, title stack every, every, stack every, every month. I was coming, getting them every week, and and it, I was a huge fan. Uh, and then there were just too. There was too much. Yeah, too many characters, yeah. too many plot lines, too much stuff. That going might on. be it. It might and be it, too and it, many, and it muddied it for me personally. And then I stopped buying the comics. And it, yeah, to that point, also Casey, as you start to move on and you have to expand, you know. Uh, Think when the the movies worked the best when it was sort of the same cluster moving along, right? And the more you add to it, and the more you start to do it, that's why it always tends to come back to the to, to Batman, to Superman yeah. uh, on the DC side, and then and then on the the Marvel side, you know, the Iron yeah, Wolverine, Man, Wolverine and, all the big, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, if you're going to do it on the X Men side, you know, yeah, Wolverine and Storm and Jean Grey, and you know that that core group, and Poop Eyes, and Poop Eyes, incredible. So, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. That might be part of it. Um, a couple other stories, uh, and then we'll move along. Bella Thorne reportedly set records by raking in $2 million in her OnlyFans debut. I'm a member. With some claim, slutty. With, <laughs> with some claiming her appearance is essentially a tease. The Disney alum teased complete nudity, but isn't delivering, according to the New York Post. Uh, an alleged, I'm frustrated. An alleged screenshot of a message from her own, her uh, OnlyFans account shared to Twitter had said, Naked, naked, yes, naked, accompanied by a pay-per-view post for $200. The pricey post, according to multiple Twitter users, showed the star in lingerie, not no clothes naked, as the message had promised. Several disappointed fans have demanded refunds. Thorne apologized Saturday, saying on social media uh, that her goal was to, quote, remove the stigma behind sex, sex work, and the negativity that surrounds the word sex itself by bringing a mainstream face to it. That's what I was well, trying to... that's all well and good, but you left me with a raging case of blue ball. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your activism, but I was finding it hard to take care of myself. Uh- Tony. What? <laughs> you know you got to pump your own butter at the theater? <laughs> you mentioned that. Well, it's hard to pump I your own butter without a naked bitch. Exactly. Right. There's a correlation. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, nude, 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 Bella Thorne. <laughs> There's not enough pumping material here. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, and didn't that cause, didn't uh, only 
fans reset their pricing structure now? Oh, I don't know and about so that. that. This is the deal, Preston. They then put into, um, uh, they implemented this new pricing structure that is screwing it up for the people who are not Bella Thorne, who are making money off of their sites. Like you can only charge this much for a picture. You can only charge, apparently you as your, with your account could set pricing however yes. you wanted to. That's uh, probably how it should and be. And so they've regulated, right, yeah. which is what everyone else is saying. So she's she's upset herself, and she's going to talk to the people at OnlyFans, and they're going to try to work out something hey. to roll that back. And the pictures, uh, Nick's got her Instagram page up here. The pictures on Instagram, uh, I could do fine with those. I'm sorry, I couldn't I can, finish. I can get done with those. I mean, um, uh, you know, it's... I had a semi. Unless she's really... Uh, Anyway, uh, it depends on how graphic she wants to get with these. Right. But, but anyhow, like she's, finger stuff. she said, I am. Pump that butter. <laughs> you know, Tony's 94. He can, he can. He can, he can say whatever he wants. You yeah. have to give him a little have attitude. That, at yeah. my age, there's nothing that's blocking him from coming <laughs> out of my nope. mouth. Nope. You're good. Pump that yeah, butter. You're totally good. <laughs> Pump that butter. Nice and thick. <laughs> she's, she said, I am. A mainstream face, and when you have a voice, a platform, you try to use... You mainstream try... face with a butter-pumping cooter. What? Yeah, man, you know. She said you try to use you in helping others. This is What does that mean? I, it what does that mean? It's a typo. It's a typo. It should be you try to use it in helping others and advocate for something bigger than yourself. Again, in you this process... telling yourself that. Again, in this process, I hurt you. Uh, and for that, I'm truly sorry, she says. So, mm. give, give them some. They want beaver shots. That's what they want. That's, well, what, she, that's, that's what you teased, and and that's why people are upset over that. Now, if you don't want to do that, that's fine. But you, you should can't, not, Yes, you can't pretend like you're going to do that. Take the money and then not deliver on that. That's, you're right. That's uh, false advertising. And she's going to make amends. Uh, that's what she's promising for the other people on the site. Meaning she's going to go... She's going to talk to the higher-ups at uh, OnlyFans okay. and say, um, uh, I don't punish everyone else who's setting their own price structures because of what I did. But are we going to see Bush? Lots of Bush. Yeah. That's what I need. Well, at my age, you're lucky if you get a half pump. Pump that butter. Pump that butter. Mm-hmm. All over the popcorn. Okay. Hot and drooling. <laughs> <laughs> TLC's president, Howard Lee, has said that more spinoffs are in the works for ratings juggernaut 90 Day Fiance. Have you ever watched that? I find it hilarious, meaning uh, that, uh, yeah, I've, okay, Rochelle watches it. I've seen a few. It's on, and I'll stop, and I'll spend some time with it, and I do get caught up in it yeah. a little bit here, and I'm like, this is ridiculous, <laughs> in, in that type of, sure. of getting caught up in right. it way. Because the ones that I've watched... Um, yeah, because they're all about someone from a foreign country either coming here or vice versa. Right, and how's it going to work out? And how's that going right. to work and out? You, and you are sucked into wanting to find out. And some of it's interesting. Like, there was a uh, a gay couple, male gay couple, um, and the one guy was moving to Mexico and in this village that was very uh, resistant to gay relationships. Right, I'm like, right. okay, I want to check this out. This is how, how they're going to work this out. So some of it is is pretty compelling. Others is just like, Really? Knock it off. You're not interested in that, dude. You're interested in television. Yeah, exactly. So, anyhow, uh, the show has been airing since 2014. Nine spinoffs, by the way. Nine? Yeah, including Pillow Talk and Happily Ever After have been created. There's also one, Steve, I don't know which one this is, where the contestants themselves 
they film them watching the show yes. when it airs. Yeah, that's but the new thing. That's the yeah, new yeah, thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of like that, whatever that Fox show was. or Celebrities or, watch shows that yeah. we watch. Or was that on the WB? I don't know. Uh, anyway. It was Fox. And, and uh, so I guess this is a new thing. And I guess if YouTube has made a, uh, a whole platform of watching people play video games... And this is Twitch. Like so, that. like, for example, for Airplane, we're having David Zucker on later on. There was a guy, there's a video popped up when I was doing some of the research, and it's a guy who shows his daughter movies that he loved when he was her age. Okay. And you know what? Um, you got to have some sort of likable personality or something. That's yeah. the key. Yeah. That's the key. He does not. It, it's it's not just doing it. It's got to be the right people doing it. Uh, so that's anyhow. my issue with Bella Thorne. Uh, what? <laughs> One or two more of these spinoffs can be expected soon. At the Edinburgh uh, TV Festival, he said, hmm. we listen to the audience, and it's very important to us that we don't just create a spinoff or a sequel or something else that's just for the sake of doing it. Right. Uh, we want to make sure that we are not just ripping ourselves off franchise after franchise. There's always a need when we start something new. So there's going to be more coming. All right, we're ready for the clips. Here we go. In the Amazon film Chemical Hearts, love is in the air when a high school transfer student begins working for the school newspaper. In this clip, star Lily Reinhardt discusses what it's like being an executive producer for the Wait movie. a second. Who does that, Preston? Lily Reinhardt oh, from the show oh, Riverdale. Okay. Yeah. So we're killing time No, we're here. good. We're good. I just didn't hear the name. All right, here we go. It felt very natural for me. I've always wanted to be so involved. And so this was an opportunity for me to do that. It was so fun. It was such an amazing experience to be a part of something from start to finish. It was a dream come true for someone like me. Oh. Uh, Chemical Hearts is available to watch on Amazon Prime Video. Next clip. Cobra Kai is a series that follows the Karate Kid film saga 34 years later through the narrative of Johnny Lawrence's point of view. In this clip, Billy Zabka discusses the show, uh, making the jump from YouTube to Netflix. Here we go. We pitched it originally to Netflix. We almost landed in Netflix at the beginning, and YouTube grabbed it. So Netflix was always in the cards. But once YouTube decided they weren't doing the original content anymore for scripted, then it just went out and do a free fall for it, for, so to speak. So it was like December 19th, I got the news that they weren't picking it up. And uh, so when we got to Netflix, it was kind of uh, kind of our dream from the beginning. And uh, it's come full circle, so it's awesome. <laughs> so we had Billy on last week. He, he was, was great. He was great. Rochelle and I decided to give it a try. I remember when it first came out on YouTube, I watched the first episode. I'm like, okay, this is, yeah. this is fun. But it didn't grab me. We are all in on this show. I thought it was just going to be uh, kind of jokey right. and, uh, about uh, you know nostalgia and going back to the to the original film constantly. But it's more. It has got heart. It is produced very very well. It's a lot more serious than you think it's going to be. There's some serious topics that are handled in it, and right. it's. It's so good. To be honest, when it first came out on, on YouTube, and again, I, I, as I was telling Billy Zopka, I said, I, you know, I don't go to YouTube for the TV shows. Obviously, they, they realize a lot of people mm-hmm. are, and that's why they stopped it. But uh, in the way they originally marketed it, it was much different. You, both you and I thought it was going to be sort of like a parody of yeah. that sort of stuff. 
it's really good, but in its own right, in a different way. And I think that's what threw a lot of people off. You're getting emotionally caught up in the characters. Right. There's some serious stuff going on in these people's lives. And there's, you know, there's bullying and all these other things. And then there's some confusion as to who you're kind of rooting for. And uh, I was really, really surprised. And and we're this is like our this is our show now. It was number one show on Netflix uh, over the weekend. Cool. By the way. So yeah. I'm, good. I'm good happy, for him. Really happy for Billy Zapka and Ralph Macchio. I love Ralph Macchio. He's great. So and it's funny that it came out how many years ago? Did they a couple do years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's finding a, a bigger platform. So Thank you, Netflix. I'm, I'm happy about that. So you can catch. Uh, all the episodes right now. There's two full seasons, ten, and they're only half hour episodes, mm-hmm. and uh, ten episodes uh, per season, and it's streaming on Netflix. So there you go. That's what we have in the entertainment report this morning. Uh, let's take a break. Couple of guests on the show. David Zucker, the director, is on our program to talk about the 40th anniversary of Airplane. Excited about that. And uh, comedian Taylor Tomlinson will be joining us too. She's going to be performing at uh, Punchline uh, Wednesday through Monday, which is great. And I think. Yeah, all the shows are sold out. Yeah. All right, so we'll talk to her later on this morning, too. Stay with us Monday, getting through it together with the Preston and Steve Show. Be right back. 93.3 WMMR presents Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month, Nick Perry and the Underground Thieves. Celebrating our area's best talent. Bringing it to you on air, online, and in the community. Here and see more at WMMR.com. Keyword, Local Shots. Nick Perry and the Underground Thieves. Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. I meant to wear my, uh, I, I have a, uh, a Black Panther, like, microfiber. It's his, his uniform. Yep. Somebody bought it for me as a uh, gift. yeah. And I meant to wear that today. I totally dropped the ball on that. I was so bummed to get the news about Chadwick Boseman over the weekend. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because, uh, and you try to put things into perspective. You know, there's there's a lot of bad stuff going on in the world. And there are a lot of things that um, happen, you know, and that, that are terrible. And you have lives lost and, you know, the this, this storm in Louisiana and all the other stuff that's going on. But here's a guy who just... By by his work and by what he was putting forth and by the character of the Black Panther and who he seemed to be, that just touched a lot of people in a most across-the-board sort of way. And mm-hmm. when, especially when you had not an inkling that anything was happening. That's what, you know, I was floored by. I mean, and, and his age. The fact that he's 43, 43 mm-hmm. and, he, and, he, and he passes away without any any leading up to any any... Even guesses of hey, you know, is something okay? Is I mean, is he okay? Right, you know, right. Uh, none of that. Man, did he hide that? Well, I saw that. I mm. saw the video of him months ago. You could tell. I could tell. But I was, I, you know, I didn't think anything was. I thought he was preparing for a role. I thought, you know, right, like Christian right, right. Bale in The Machinist or something like you didn't that. Think he was dying. I did not. No, I. That, that was the last thing on my mind. People that can keep. Something that big. I mean, even just your average everyday citizen who's right. not in the spotlight that that like to keep those types of things quiet and private, and you have your reasons for doing that, and I totally understand it. But it's got to be difficult, and and more so if you are in the public eye as much as he was. Well, and I love that his career shined so bright that that's what the headline was. The, the headline wasn't you know Chadwick Bosman or uh, Ch- uh, Bozeman. Bozeman, Thank you. Um, hid this for years. It was just. 
you know, Black Panther's passed away. And I actually had, because I'm not obviously into, you know, all the, thing. the yeah. thing as much as you guys. So I had to dig around and see if it was public or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like when, you know, one of my heroes passed away uh, this year, Neil Peart. And right. same thing. Nobody knew. He had brain cancer. That's and right. He'd been battling yeah. it for years. Oh, I remember I was on the treadmill. <laughs> it's funny when you remember when you get these things, you know, because they, they just, again, and it's it's how we contextualize things in life and how we receive information. Yeah. But that was one of those, whereas you literally, you literally oh, you, yeah, yeah. What? Exactly. You, you, yeah. You, you double take, you, you, you're you shocked, you lose your breath for a moment. Same thing with this. Do you think any of his uh, coworkers or directors or anybody knew at any point? Spike Lee did Spike not, Spike Lee right? said he had no idea when they were filming The Five Bloods. And, and uh, I mean, no clue. I, you know what? I don't know. Someone somewhere, yes, his closest confidants maybe probably knew and when when someone is under, you, you keep your word. Right. You keep your word. You add into that the fact that he he was able to bring the story of iconic African Americans to, um, to the screen in such a, an incredible. He like he and other he he started to serve as a conduit for this stuff that was that was allowing people who were unaware maybe of of some of the stories to get this. And he was, it was just such a such a rich. Um, movie career yeah. for such a young age. And uh, I watched, uh, and I know a lot of people did, but the uh, from 2018, his appearance on The Tonight Show with Fallon, uh, where he was standing behind a, a screen and oh. did not, um, and, and people were, were talking about how much Black Panther meant to them personally, and he was hearing what they were saying. Right. And it just, it was so moving to hear what Black Panther, uh, the movie and the character meant to them, and then he got to hear it without them knowing that he was there, and then he came out and gave all these people hugs. It was just, it was, it was heartbreaking, but also hard warming you know to see the impact that he made on on a lot of people in a really really positive way some people just have a way about them yeah. you know what i mean and and he was that way to me i i don't know the guy we've no never talked to you him. Don't, I don't know, know him. him but he just seemed like one of those caring people i don't know that's the vibe that i got one of know? those guys was actually just talking there you know i happened to go back into the office and Paul Rudd, just you know, they're talking about uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman and saying, saying to all of you kids who who have um, who look up to Black Panther, know that the man who played him was even more of a hero. And oh. Paul Rudd would be a case, God oh. forbid. Yes, but somebody I don't know him. You know, yeah. we talked to him once on the, you know, but again, when you. Somebody like that, you're like, oh, you're, but you're not supposed to die. So I was trying to remember, did we have Chadwick on for the 42 movie years ago? I, I, I think if we did, I don't remember it at all. I, I think it was a relatively quick phone interview, um, but I, I, I have a recollection of having him on the show, but I don't remember for certain. If I were to, if I were to be reincarnated into what I considered to be a uh, a sexy man, okay, let's put it this way: if I come back as the ultimate guy i would want to have his voice and accent from black panther <laughs> that is that there is nothing that exudes more suaveness to me than the way he delivered and the raspiness within his voice oh that, that he brought you know what i mean my panty drop yes yeah it's outstanding it, it, and he's a great voice actor if you go from the the characters that he's played and listen to how he alters his accents and voices he was amazing it's at hard that. to do that the, the the way that he did that yeah i agree a thousand percent uh marissa did you i, I want to play a little bit of him as uh james brown uh because he was he was fantastic uh get on up rolling stone what is this mm, he's walking through um it was with Dan Aykroyd was playing his... Okay, uh, so this is a scene from the movie? Yes. yes. Okay, all right, let me play a little bit here. Rolling Stones, they didn't even have to hit a record yet. 
Matter of fact, they ain't never played in America, have they? I mean, that sounds exactly yeah, like yeah. James Brown. <laughs> who cares? They're just kids. In a year, nobody's going to know who they are. They're instant has-beens. Rolling Stone. It's just business, James. When I hit that stage, two people better be ready. Especially the right one. Yes, sir, Mr. Brown. And border to border. Uh, so, here, there's a couple clips in there. There's a stage and a piano, and right now ain't nobody on it. What you talking about? We can't go up there. Why not on the floor? It's like you said. We're just playing around with Caledonia. Let's go play around. Yo. I don't know what's going on here. Ladies. Ladies and gentlemen, hope you're enjoying the show. We're what a starlight! Famous flames. Is this near the beginning of his career? It's at the very beginning. Him and a bunch oh, okay. of his uh, bandmates—they're at a club, and the band leaves. And so he looks at him. And he says, "There's an empty stage. Let's go play." Nice, nice. Uh, so he—you know—he did a lot of stuff uh, in his career, but I, the obviously the the Black Panther one is the one that was the catapulted. Absolute, yeah, yeah, taking him to another level. Did you see Thurgood or, I, I or Marshall? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I, was I, it good? I, yeah, I, I it was very it. good. Yeah. He, his his um. I mean, it's, again, an impressive body of work, and, uh, and and at his core, he couldn't have pulled all those roles off if he, I, I don't think, at his core, had the humanity that the characters he was portraying had. So uh, that's that, that's as good a testament to someone and their career as you can possibly have. Uh, I'm going to play a couple other clips here. Uh, this is him talking about the importance of the Wakanda salute. Yes. Uh, which is awesome. Here we go. No, I don't get tired of people when they, It's a, as long as you know it's a salute. It's not It's not a show, you know what I'm saying? Like, when, what I get tired of is when people tell me to do it. You want to go to that place, then you do it. Like, a woman came in here earlier, and she did it, and I did it right back to her. Like, it's that simple. I, I'm happy that people have taken it on as part of their language or culture. But it's when you want me to, like, you know, <laughs> tap dance for you. I'm like, no. Yeah. Uh, I know it's nerdy, and I, I get that it's a movie. But when the uh, when they're in Wakanda in, in Infinity War, and the everybody that yeah. lines up with Black Panther, and they do the Mbombe chant. Yeah. yeah. Getting the battle cry. I get goose pumped. Oh, my I, God. I get so pumped up by that. It's and awesome. It's completely a dorky reaction, but I don't care, and it's a visceral reaction for me. Yeah. But you know what, what on that other side, and again, you're right, I know it's... It's a movie. No, it's pretend. I get it. Yeah. But, like, when he returned in the scene, that one of the scenes I love so much in the uh, the Black Panther movie... Uh, when he goes back to his, uh, he, he's going into Wakanda and he sees his sister for the first time. She goes, my, my, my king. And he's like, knock it, like right. knock it off, you know? And, mm-hmm. and that, that sort of just wonderful. Yeah. They're just brother and sister. Brother and sister yep. thing. Yeah, it's yeah. just so nice. Nick, apparently we did talk to Chadwick. You're right. In uh, 2013, Marissa's going to look for the audio and see if she can find this. So that would have been for 42. Yeah. And uh, so um, Harrison Ford was the bigger star at the time. And it's Harrison Ford. Um, but he, that movie is is great. And he passed away, I believe, uh, Friday was Jackie Robinson Day in uh, Major yeah. League Baseball. And players, or maybe it was just a celebration of Jackie Robinson all weekend. But anyway, a lot of there was players a lot of, um, were like wearing 42 irony this weekend. Yeah. That day. Yeah. All right, let's go to our uh, our comic book guru uh, from his comic book guru podcast. Uh, Craig Lagans is on the line. Hey, Craig, good morning. Oh, good morning, Preston. Good hey, morning, man. guys. Hey, what's up, bud? Um, you really can't uh, for, convey how big a loss it, it is for just for the world, for the comic book world, 
and for uh, African Americans in general. We've lost so many needlessly. And Chadwick was such a, a symbol of, of, of hope and of pride and of, uh, of uh, just being, because he was such a, a, a good guy to everyone who, who worked with him. They all said the same thing. And he embodied so many uh, icons in the African-American community, kids who had no idea of who Jackie Robinson was or James Brown or Thurgood Marshall. And Chadwick embodied all of them to the point where now kids know who they are because he was the vessel that, that brought them to, you know, our truth and our history. And as far as Black Panther goes, the, his appearance in Civil War, I said this when it happened. It was the single greatest introduction of a superhero in any movie ever. Yeah. You know, he his shadow when he came down against the Winter Soldier, place went nuts. When you talk about Goosebumps, Nick, when he appeared in Endgame, mm. the crowd, we yeah. watched it in a packed just went crazy, went nuts. We all did. Craig, I I actually um, watched uh, a segment, uh, and it was on Twitter, uh, of I guess maybe it might have been like the the world premiere of uh, Mm -hmm. Endgame, and when that portal opens up and and he comes (laughs) walking through, like you couldn't hear the movie because of the crowd was going so crazy about that. Yeah, you and it, it's one of those unmistakable moments that you will be with you for forever. And the same thing with uh, his impact can't be understated with anyone. There's little white kids dressing up like Black Panther every Halloween <laughs> because of him. Mm-hmm. Well, know? and it, again, there you 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 could have had a listen. There are people who could have played that role, and I think you know the the truth is though they're they're. You had all the ingredients, all the spices, all the things you needed to convey that humanity in Chadwick Boseman, and that's why it resonated so much. And I think that's why so many people are feeling like, I don't know why I feel so profoundly, I mean, you know, we, we a loss, we get it, and yet it seems to transcend that a little bit more. Do you know what I'm saying? Most definitely. He was a gift. It was supposed to be him. It wasn't supposed yeah. to be anyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was here for this amount of time to give us so many cultural icons like Jackie Robinson and James Brown and Thurgood Marshall, and to be Black Panther, no one else but him could do that and could convey that with such heart and goodness and kindness and humor and that smile and that voice is no one but him. We yeah. should play the the clip of um. Thanks, uh, Craig. Him from Black Craig, Panther yes, him explaining Black Panthers. The mission in life. All right, here we go. Our weapons will not be used to wage war on the world. It is not our way to be judge, jury, and executioner for people who are not our own. I am not king of all people. I am king of Wakanda. And it is my responsibility to make sure our people are safe and that vibranium does not fall into the hands of a person like you. I love that delivery. That's great. (laughs) You know, it's it's interesting that... um, why do you think he chose to keep that so quiet about uh, having cancer? It's a personal choice, and you know, yeah. and, and I, and as you said earlier, and correctly so, it, you, you respect people's rights to do that. And I think um, uh, a lot of people and people that I've encountered, I, you know, again, I can't even put my my prostate cancer in the same realm because it was caught early. Because you know, thanks to my uh, our dear friend, uh, Doctor Mike and Doctor Lee, and all that stuff. But it's it's a choice you make, and I think. 
Um, he did, and, and uh, I'm, we're just stunned when, when everything you do is chronicled by someone with a cell phone and word leaks out and so on and so forth that he was able to keep it a secret is mind-boggling. You know, it, it, because a loss is a loss, and it's tragic no matter what, but I think we as as humans, uh, when, when there is loss, whether it's somebody we actually know or somebody we admire from afar, whatever it may be, start to try to analyze um, why we feel the way we do, or uh, why these people chose to do that because you're impacted by it. It makes it it's it's an impact. But I'm you know I, I was started thinking, would I? How upset would I be if I would have known that he was sick and that this was coming mm. and that you know you, you hear uh, updates along the way that things aren't looking good. And take, take for does, example, does the passing go easier or not? You know what I mean, Alex Trebek. Yeah. Take for example, Alex Trebek. Right. We're watching a, his public inspiring battle. Continue, mm-hmm. and I, I hate that. You know, uh, Norm Macdonald does a uh, does a great bit about waging a war with cancer. He goes, he used to be, you just be, you just have cancer. Yeah. He goes, now you have to wage. Ah, he lost his battle with cancer. Right. What a loser. Right. <laughs> you know, right. Right. You know? And it's and and it's the way, we, but it's the way we frame it. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know, Preston. Had we have known, uh, I think also the fact that he was clearly he was working on these movies in the throes of this. Right. And that I probably did not want that to be the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably right about that because I, you know, I, I reflect back on the on the thing with Neil again too. You know, like, I mean, it had, would it have been less of a, you know, it, it would have been obviously sad hearing that that this person you admire is sick, and then you're watching their progress, and all of a sudden the progress is working, and then it's getting worse, and then you're like, you know, the, the you go through these waves of of emotion as opposed to, bang. Here's the bad news. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I've seen people who, who are like, who don't want that to be their story. They, you know, right. hey, that's the guy with cancer. That's the woman with cancer. That they're, And it's said often, I don't define me by my disease, you right. know. And here's a case where we all hope for it. I think you and I have said this. We've all said this at some point or to some variation. When you do finally check out, you hope You've done something that's made the world a little bit better. Yeah. In his brief life, clearly he did. Yep. And so that's what's grabbing us. Uh, here is a clip. This is one of the, uh, after, you know, being shocked by it, the next day, uh, the, one of the first things I searched out was uh, Chadwick Boseman on SNL and Black Jeopardy as uh, King T'Challa. Because it was so damn funny. So Marissa grabbed a clip from this. I assume it's towards when he's answering about, you know, do you mind? Uh, a, a, the category was white people and yeah. a woman bringing potato salad to your <laughs> to your party. Is that what this one is? Mar- oh, it's not? Oh, okay. Well, let's see what we yeah. get here. Hang on a second. Let's say we're grown ass for 600. Okay. All right. You send your smart ass child here because she thinks she grown. T'Challa. What is to one of our free universities where she can apply her intelligence and perhaps one day become a great scientist? (laughs) Okay, well, the answer we was looking for was out my damn house. (laughs) But you know what? I'm going to give it to you, T'Challa. Y'all must not have no mean streets in Wakanda. All right, the board is yours. Very well. Let's go to our hell now. For eight hundred. <laughs> uh, I need to hear the rest of it though. It's, it's so, so good. It's so funny. Uh, and what, what's the other one? Um, uh, yeah, they, they ask about you know using your grandmother's name uh, for uh, a loan application or <laughs> right, something right, like yeah, that. Yeah. He's like, 
why would you do that? And he's like, to honor her as the, <laughs> as the pillar of the family. <laughs> no. <laughs> so you can get your cable. <laughs> yeah. It was so well done. Uh, and did he do any comedy? I only know his, his more serious roles. I don't uh, have his IMDb of all the, the movie roles no, that he played. But that, that I don't I'm know. I'm sure he could do. He could have done great comedy as well. He just seemed like a... Um, a real versatile person, man. You guys have referenced a few times at Get On Up, the James Brown story. I haven't seen that one yet, and I really need to. Um, Dan Aykroyd was the executive producer on okay. that. It, that's why he's he's in, he was he was it was tremendously important to him to do that. I, and I think didn't, we might have talked to Dan Aykroyd around that time as well. But um, yeah, it, it's 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 really good. It's really good. Uh, we have a clip of he he did he uh, delivered the commencement at uh, Howard University. I don't know what year this was. Uh, but we have a clip of yeah. uh, Chadwick Boseman speaking to the uh, the staff here, or to the uh, student body. Here we go. I don't know what your future is, but if you're willing to take the harder way, the more complicated one, the one with more failures at first than successes, the one that has ultimately proven to have more meaning, more victory, more glory, then you will not regret it. Now... This is your time. (laughs) (laughs) Press on with pride and press on with purpose. God bless you. I love you, Howard. Howard forever. Wow. And so they showed the movie last night? Last night on ABC, yeah. Man. I watched uh, Civil War. That was um, that was what I did on uh, Friday, and then I ended up falling asleep. And then on Saturday, that watched, yeah. that battle, as uh, oh. as Craig Craig was talking about, that driving battle when he's when he's gone back and forth. Now, obviously, there's a lot of CGI. The, the, you'd be surprised how many practical stuntman effects there are in that black. The Panthers practical sequence. effects in the in the where uh, he basically first enters and and they're running underneath the tunnel with the cars those are all there's, practical there's, effects there's practical effects yeah mm-hmm. it's just but it's it's one of the greatest battles mm-hmm. in a, a comic book movie history and mm-hmm. that that character so here I'll, I'll throw I'll throw this out since this is a point of contention here and it you know it shows you how powerful his performance was do they continue with black the black panther series do they recast it do they find another way to to move forward with it? You know, I'd say I I would think out of respect to him that they because the Black Panther, you know, through the in, in Wakanda is different people along yes, the way. His uh-huh. father was the previous. Right. One. And so I think they, they could continue the storyline somehow or another. He passes away and the, and the torch is passed to someone else. I think that that would be a respectful way to do it. And they carry on the Black Panther, but someone else, and not King, not someone playing King T'Challa, somebody playing a, a different uh, heir to it. I think that would be cool. As long as it keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hang on a second. Uh, let me go to Paul on the phone. Hey, Paul, good morning. Hey, how's it going? You guys rock. Thanks, man. What's up, bud? Not much. So uh, I live in Ridley Park in Delco, and they filmed uh, part of 21 Bridges at my house, and Chadwick Boseman was here for like three days. Absolutely fantastic guy. Uh, him and J.K. Simmons were both here. Like, couldn't believe. Just so thankful of an individual. I mean, like, he, like, he wasn't just somebody who's like, oh, this is a set. They're paying for it. I'm going to use it how I need it. Just really uh, 
always talking about how thankful he was that we opened our house to him and oh, man. all sorts of comments. And, uh, you know, it was obviously dressed up for one of his sets. And he's like, oh, I really see this and I see that. And they used our, uh, like, our one of our uh, sleeping porch on the back as his green room. And he was, like, always insisting, like, whenever we were coming in, hey, hang out, do this, do that. And we're really interested in, you know, what we had to say. And he was just a really awesome guy. And Paul Delco, uh, he got a uh, he got a Toledo's hoagie and was a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, where in Delco was this, Paul? Ridley Park. Okay. Hey, Paul, when, when uh, you know, when they, they, they're using your home for shooting like that, are, what what's your uh, access to the house? You hand it over and essentially you're you're out while they're doing work or you're uh, allowed to no, come by? I mean, it, it, it was like three days of uh, setup, uh, two days of shooting, and then three days of breakdown. And, I mean, they were fine with us being here the entire time. I mean, we were hanging out, like, watching from behind the director's uh, screen. We were, like, backstage. They were completely fine with it. They're like, it's your house. You know, just stand in the way and you can do whatever you want. Um Unfortunately, the neighbors started nosing around, and so they got a little bit more. Uh... Right, always the neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Did you get a? Did you get any pictures with Chadwick? Uh, I no. Unfortunately, I, I didn't mm. because what that was one of the few rules they had was because it was all pre-production, mm. they didn't want anything getting out there. I got but, you. Um, but I got pictures of him like at my house, but not not with him. Okay. But um, J.K. Simmons got some photos with him, uh, and he actually stopped to take pictures. She's playing a police officer with uh, the Ridley Park PD. So that was really cool. Hey, how long ago was this shooting, Paul? Uh, this was 2017, I believe. He would have been sick then. Yeah. He, he would have, yeah. He would have been, been going yeah. through treatment at that point. It, that's, exactly. That's why, you know, in retrospect, it was, it was so crazy. And, you know, it, it's uh, as you guys talk about all the time, when you're talking with, you know, some of your favorite uh, musicians and things like that, you don't know somebody, but then... You know, you really kind of get to see like inside who they are. It's true, though. You think you think you do because of the way uh, you know we're used to now celebrity culture and the way we perceive people. But some people send, can cut through that, and you just know they're that person. You know, and, yeah. and so I'm glad I'm glad to hear you had a good experience uh, with him. That's an amazing memory. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, somebody who can really you know make a connection across film and then you meet them in real life and they can make a personal connection right there in front of you we've, we've talked about the liability of meeting people that you revere for, oh, the, yeah. for the fact mm. that they can be scumbags if you mm. you know and and it, it has happened uh you know this but to hear this you know is 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 what you knew yeah. kind of yeah, yeah. And, and and he specifically mentioned that Delco is better than monco <laughs> See, well, and, and i know that right. i just yeah. know there yeah. you go yeah. who brought monco into this yeah. man <laughs> Marco's, right. Marco's not part of this argument. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it, buddy. For Tatalu, that's pretty cool. That's uh, that's I'm going to play a little clip of him, and then Dr. Mike's calling in uh, real quick here. We're going to talk to him in just a second, but let me let me play this clip. Uh, Chadwick on our show uh, in April of 2013, talking about uh, 42. So here's a clip. We have a guest on the line. And uh, he is the star of the number one movie in the country right yes. now. Yes. Did very, very well in the theaters uh, over the weekend, 42. And by the way, uh, Nick, when was, uh, did they already do the Jackie Robinson Day for uh, Major yes, League Baseball? Yes, it was Baseball, on Monday. Which was uh, very cool. Everybody won the, uh, wore the number 42. And uh, this guy, we, we don't know much about him. We uh, do know he got to work with. Wow, we don't know <laughs> no, much yeah. about him yeah. back then. Well, Harrison Ford. Yeah, and yeah. this is a this is a really big deal. But he stars as Jackie Robinson in Forty Two, and we are going to welcome uh, Chadwick Boseman to yeah. the show this morning. Chadwick, how you doing, man? 
Oh man, good morning. I'm doing good, man. Excellent. By the way, do you go do you go by Chadwick or do you go by Chad? How do you like to be referred to? I prefer Chadwick. Okay. Chadwick no, it is. No, it's a cool name. Uh where are you from, by the way? I'm from Anderson, South Carolina. South Carolina. All right. And were you did you uh obviously you got the opportunity uh, to play Jackie Robinson, which is just huge. It's such an iconic figure. Were you yourself a, a ball player as a kid or in adulthood? I played little league baseball, um, but I never played seriously. I never played high school or college, or definitely not minor leagues or anything. Well, I, I, and I would, I would guess you would have had to have gone to a, a trainer of sorts and got some uh, uh, some know how because I mean, you could uh, people can pull off looking like a baseball player, but if you really want to do it, you've, you, I'm sure you have to get some uh, some coaching for that. Well, yeah, no, nah, I'm an athlete, and what we did is we, I had a, I had a, a few coaches uh, throughout the process, and we trained for for several months. So it was it was an intense um, baseball spring training. I got to ask you, did you keep anything from the set or from the wardrobe or any of the the baseball paraphernalia? <laughs> we'll, we'll take that as a maybe. I'll take, take that as I don't want them coming to look for me. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, you know what? I never did see the movie 42. It's, it's really it's good. Really good. Yeah. yeah, everything's There's nothing that, you know, again, because of him. It's funny to hear myself. Talking to somebody who would go on to be a huge star. I know. Who's just getting started and I'm asking stupid questions. Yeah. Well, you're getting What's your favorite gum? Yeah. You didn't know. You chew gum, right? Yeah. You chew gum. What's your favorite brand of gum? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. I like, I like Wrigley. I guess. Um, what do you like to eat? Dr. Mike is on. He wants to talk about the, the medical side of this. Do we have uh, Dr. Mike say? Uh, oh, geez. Come on, man. Sorry, Case. I'm sorry, man. Bad, we we can't. We, we can't welcome the doctor, doctor Mike forever without a song about a drug dealer, which is what Doctor Feelgood is. But it's got the word doctor in it. So, uh, from Penn Medicine and Fox Twenty Nine, Doctor Mike Serigliano. Good morning, Doctor Mike. Wow, you know this is like the old days—something not related to COVID. Good yes. point. You're right. Absolutely. Very, very important. And and what this brings home is that colon cancer is going up, especially in younger people. You know, you think about colon cancer as being a disease of older folks in their 60s and all of that. The numbers are actually going down, except in young people and especially African-Americans. And, and we don't know why. We don't know whether it's a genetic thing or uh, lack of access to health care. Uh, but the bottom line, is is that uh, even the most aggressive screening uh, organizations uh, uh, say 45 and he was he I mean he was diagnosed much earlier than that all right and uh, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt uh, dr. Mike so question because I know that the the mandate is to get a colonoscopy when you turn 50 uh, for African Americans is that uh, have they put a younger uh, um, age on that well, because of the trends that we're seeing with a rising number of younger people getting colon cancer, some organizations, and I say some because it's controversial, uh, are saying 45. Okay. Uh, but, but see, this is where having a health care a, a, a person guide you through the shark-infested waters helps you. Now, if you were my patient and, and you've all been there, I have – 
done bad things to you to look for blood in the stool. Yes. All right. Uh, and and that's a hemocult test to see if there's occult blood. That's one of the signs. And in some people, they are anemic. That means their iron levels are low. They can have a change in their bowels. Uh, they can have abdominal pain or weight loss. So I don't know what was going on. My suspicion here is that he may have had a uh, family history. There, there are these conditions that lead to a high number of, of colon polyps, uh, and, and one of them is Lynch syndrome, uh, where you, you can have significantly higher risk. I mean, he was diagnosed at age 39, wow. and, and that is a very, very young age. So, so, so the, the, the family thing, and, and, and listen, and again, it's, so I'm, I'm, I'm due for one. I, I, I don't want to talk out of turn, but I, I know other people who are, are due for one. Uh, and and it is, it, you go in, you get it done, you get that rock and propofol, and, uh, and everything is, is good, and you get the checkups. And I've, ha- I've known more than enough uh, people in my life Who've had you know the 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 uh, the test done and things have been removed that could have um, gotten worse later on and 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 so you go through the process. It's a maintenance thing that can really. Here is an obvious example, um, you know, where stuff like this is important. It can take your life, and if you uh, are preventative and do all the preventative measures, you can save your life. And it's not that much to do, correct? Steve, it's not that big a deal. It, it sounds bad. You have to prep a little bit. You use Miralax and Gatorade. You know, it's, it's a much more genteel approach now than it was back in the day. And if you do that, it could save your life, especially for men. You've got to do it. You can't say, well, I feel fine, because sometimes you don't have symptoms before it's too late. That was that, that's here. I you know that I had no I had no symptoms with the prostate with the prostate cancer. Speaking of symptoms, though, if you what what are some that might uh, raise a red flag? Well, uh, like I said, if you have a change in your bowels, all of a sudden you're having new constipation. Uh, if you see blood down there in your stool, uh, if you have abdominal pain, if you have weight loss, uh, if somebody says, hey, you, you look really pale, uh, you know, maybe your iron is low. And so those are the symptoms. You listen to the body. And, and there's an old saying by the father of American medicine, Sir William Osler, you listen to the patient, they will tell you the doctor. Diagnosis, and so uh, in in young people, everyone now gets a, a, a digital rectal exam to check for blood, and if there's any family history, or if you have a history of like ulcerative colitis, inflammatory bowel disease, that increases your risk of colon cancer, and so you'll need more frequent screening, and probably starting at an earlier age. If you do this, it can save your life and move on with your life. That's no the big- that's the that's the positive side. I can speak from experience, having had cancer, a uh, prostate cancer. You get it. You get the checkups, and, you, and as you said, you go on and live your life. You move past that. It, the, don't live in fear. A lot of times, p- fear will drive people into this embryonic state, and you know, fall down on the floor and curl up. And I don't know. Go get it done the same way you go to to the dentist, and and get those things that'll that'll give you a good long life, the long life you des- you deserve. 
Well, it's a simple thing. And look, for people that absolutely – there are some people who cannot have a colonoscopy. There are other ways. There's CT scans, CT colonography. There's cologuard. There, there's a lot of options. But the gold standard is to go up there. If they see something, they biopsy it. They get it out. And then we know where we stand. If we do that, then we are in good shape. But you have to take the initiative and do the right thing. All right, Dr. Mike, always some uh, wisdom from you. We appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon. We love you. I love you guys. I love you. Dr. Mike's really, you know. Nice to uh, to check in and give you some uh, some good advice. And, uh, I don't have time to go to these other calls, but like Hannah's online says, it's important to get checked ten years earlier if colon cancer runs in your family. And if it does, talk to your doctor. Your doctor will tell you exactly what you need to do. So, um, just sad, horrible, terrible news about uh, Chadwick Bozeman. Nobody knew about it. Kept it to himself. Taken way too soon, uh, but left by some. Amazing entertainment. Yes. And inspiration. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment, and we'll get into the bizarre file that is on the way next. Make sure you stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. Wait, turn up the sound. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. All right. Over the course of the weekend, I collected some stories for you. I will now share them in the form of this. Now, <laughs> WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. All right. Let's begin. We'll start with a Norwegian court jailed four young men who blasted compressed air into the rectum of an acquaintance, huh. <laughs> rejecting their defense that the act had been intended as a prank. Uh, the victim had passed out at a party and was unable to defend himself when five fellow revelers came up with the scheme involving an air compressor, a high-pressure tool, of course, can be used to power anything from nail guns to spray guns. Judges found the plaintiffs. Uh, the plaintiff was exposed. <laughs> that was Casey's butt, by the way, with an air compressor. Uh, judges found that the plaintiff was exposed to a level of significant force in the rectum after air was injected from a compressor which damaged, damaged the rectum and sphincter. Nearly killed him. At the time of the incident, the five accused told the court that it had been intended as a prank, common during parties thrown by their uh, rural youth organization. <laughs> uh, four of them were sentenced up to seven months in prison, by the way. Remember when you had a series of stories out of Japan where there, a lot of people were doing it for sexual gratification at so, yeah. service stations. Yes. Not, not a good idea. No, no, those are meant to inflate car tires. Mm -hmm. A government official, this is hilarious, was caught having sex with his secretary after accidentally joining a Zoom meeting with his colleagues <laughs> in the Philippines. Best Zoom meeting ever. Staff from the Fatima Dos Village Council uh, were hosting their regular conference call on Wednesday before their boss, uh, Jesus Estil, had joined the meeting. But, but Estil, who is apparently not so uh, tech-savvy, had mistakenly pushed the wrong button and left his camera on. The others began their discussions before the caption stood up, uh, The captain stood up and walked towards a woman seated on the sofa a few steps away from the computer. <sighs> Unknowingly, the captain and the woman began performing uh, sexual acts while their stunned colleagues watched on. 
Uh, the woman was later identified as his secretary, who also does the accounting on the local government's office. She was taking shorthand. Uh, one of the colleagues was able to record the explicit scene. The video was later made public and prompted some residents of the village to file a petition to oust <laughs> the captain for misconduct. Uh, Estille will be relieved of his post as quickly as possible, a statement had said. It's possible people have gotten a little too casual on these Zoom meetings. Uh, both he and the woman have not reported to their offices since the video was released. This is sad news. A well-known South African conservationist has died after he was mauled by two white lions as he was taking them for a walk. The wife of West Mathewson, who followed in a car, tried to distract the lions, but it was too late. Uh, he had run a popular safari lodge, lodge called Lion Treetop Lodge. In Lampopo Province, the lionesses have been since moved to another game lodge and are expected to be released into the wild at a later stage. Uh, apparently, a lioness uh, became aggressive towards the other and then turned her attention on him. Uh, his relatives have said that the attack could have been the result of very rough play. Yeah. Uh, the lioness, you know, the kind where they rip your head off. Uh, the lionesses were tranquilized following the attack and have been taken to an endangered species center. Mr. Matthewson is said to have rescued the lions from what's called canned hunting, where animals are hunted in an enclosed area or they are bred to be hunted, and they were kept in enclosure at an enclosure to lodge. By the way, the lionesses reportedly killed a man working on the neighboring property in 2017 after they broke out of the enclosure. Yeah. So they've done it before. Wow. Cell phones are easily lost, and depending on where they were lost, might never be found. In the case of one woman who lost hers in a vault toilet in the Flathead National Forest, it took some dirty work and a bit of ingenuity, but a crew with A1 Sanitation returned the phone almost as good as new. Tracy Cow was the... Was it covered in poop? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tracy Cow was the first person to come in contact with the phone when he noticed it at the bottom of the vault toilet. Oh. He said, I was like, whoa, there's a uh, there's a phone. Uh, we tried not to just suck it up or whatever, and then we went to, uh, to get the grabbers. We have some grabbers that can grab stuff like bottles and things, and Cody grabbed it out. Cody Everett is who he's talking yeah, about. Cody's good at that. So Cody sanitized the phone, let it dry, plugged it in, wondering if it would even turn on. Lo and behold, the phone powered on and the search for the owner began. They don't know how long this thing was in all this feces. Oh, my God. Pee and feces. Uh, so what they did is they swapped. You're getting me homesick. They swapped the SIM card from the phone to another phone. And he said the uh, Cody said the only actual information on that SIM card was her phone number. And it was enough uh, to, for the quest to move forward and they uh, to find the rifle owner. He said, I called and left a voicemail. She ended up calling me back. I wanted to make 100% certain that that was actually who the phone belonged to, so I didn't give any information on what the phone about the phone or anything. And the girl's initial reaction was, well, you guys must have to pump out toilets because that's the last place I saw that phone. Bingo! Oh. Ended up being hers, and it ended up working just fine. Pretty You wild. can throw it away now. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, we, no, no, I don't need that. I have a new phone. All right, and then we'll do one more story, and then we will wrap it up. How about this? An Alabama man has been indicted on multiple federal charges after authorities say he was making drugs in his kitchen and marketing them as cancer treatments. The drugs were homemade suppositories manufactured in an environment so unsterile that customers reported finding pieces of hair in their suppository packs. 
Uh, they announced, if I was using a suppository and found hair in it, I'd get sick. Uh, <laughs> they had they had announced a 28 in 28 count indictment against 54 year old Patrick Charles Bishops on charges related to his purchase, manufacture, and distribution of drug products that had never been reviewed or approved by the FDA. Proctologist, there's a hair in my suppository. But he claimed were effective cancer treatments. Uh-huh. Uh, Bishop sold uh, PNC-27, the drug products, to Hope for Cancer, a holistic cancer treatment center with clinics in Mexico. Bishop would ship the products to location uh, location in California, and Hope for Cancer would use the products to treat patients at its Mexico clinics. Bishop also sold drug product sold drug products and to patients and others in the United States and shipped those products directly to locations in the U.S. and elsewhere. I mean, he's facing some heavy charges because you can't do that. That's just well, you know, it works because it's made in my kitchen. And there you go. That is what I have in the bizarre file for now. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back in a moment. Am I giving something away? Mm-hmm. Not right. only are you giving something away, check out what you're giving away. All right, I have a code to see Christopher Nolan's original sci-fi uh, action spectacle, Tenet. Whoa! Starring Robert Pattinson, Michael Caine, and Kenneth Branagh. So we'll take caller number 18 at 215-263-WMMR, and you will get it. It's from Fandango. And armed with only one word, Tenet, and fighting for the survival of the entire world, the protagonist journeys through a twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time. I'm scared. Not time travel, <laughs> inversion. Oh, I hate inversion. And it's in theaters on the uh, on the 3rd, so you get it ahead of time on Friday. Uh, so caller 18-215-263-WMMR. It's yours. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Make sure you stay with us. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Nobody likes a delay of game. And while there's been some uncertainty about this football season, Acme is happy to announce it's game on. So no matter what your game day's like, they've got everything you need to cheer the Eagles on. From snacks and party trays to beverages and fan gear, make it a season to remember. Acme, official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Steven Singer Jewelers has fast, free, and safe shipping. Whether celebrating life or just saying I love you, Steven Singer is there for you. IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I'm not sure what to do here because I I noticed some things in my junk Uh-oh. Oh. So. Well, I said the Genoticer. Genoticer? Yeah. Okay, I like or the that. nunk drawer. The, uh, <laughs> I kind of like that. Yeah. The nunk drawer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. A hybrid that allows for both. Oh man, these are both living the it's same. Like a time. club mix. Yeah. Uh, would you say that there was more on a random information level, or something that you seriously said, "Huh"? No, more random. random okay, random. then uh, it, it's the junk drawer. Junk clear. Drawer. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, junk drawer. Then. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Junk drawer. Here we go. Uh, as Japan's leading maker of self-pleasure aids, Tanga is the name of the, the business. Yes, uh, I'm familiar. Is no doubt well aware that some people may snicker at the vigorous workout that its customers are giving their arms and wrists. But with the company's newest product, that won't be a snide remark, but an accurate description of what is happening. The new Tanga workout gear looks just like Tanga's flagship vacuum cup model. It's kind of like a flashlight. Yes. But there's one important difference. It's made out of cast iron, so you can use it as a dumbbell. 
for weightlifting. So, like, <laughs> while you're jerk doing and it. press means a lot more now, right? Yes, yes. Wow. Yeah. So how exactly, what is the weight of your average device that's made of metal? 8.8 pounds. Okay, that's, that's formidable. That's really heavy. That for, for, for one hand? Yeah. And for that particular motion? Yes. Um, you can real you you can hurt yourself with this, mm-hmm. but you can get jacked. Uh, well, and get jacked and, and jack while you're getting jacked. Uh, so it's made out of cast iron. <laughs> and would that be cold though? It's made you you flip it open and you can insert the tenga the this yeah. aid the self pleasure aid inside the metallic shell and then ostensibly insert yourself into the tenga. I see a movie here: Tenga and Gash. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tinga workout gear itself uh, weighs 8.8 pounds, almost 9 pounds. It's 4 kilograms. And the total weight will be a little bit higher for those who choose to insert the standard Tenga inside of it and use it. I I, I like to keep those things separate, honestly. My workouts, I I try not to get aroused. I find that boners get in the way of the exercise routine that I have. Although, sex... If done uh, vigorously, can be one hell of a workout. Yeah, it can. It be, sure, it sure can. It can be a. Uh, uh, it can be a, an a, aerobic workout. Yes, and you can sometimes work muscles that you don't normally work and pull muscles. Have you ever pulled a muscle during sex? Oh yeah. Oh, I have absolutely. And it, I, oh my god, well, it's so I, embarrassing. I don't know if I've pulled a muscle. I've gotten a cramp. A cramp, I should say. You're yeah, right. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Do you fight through it or do you stop? I sometimes it's like you dude, play hurt. Yeah. <laughs> There's no choice. Like like a Charlie horse yeah. in the middle of sex. Unbelievable. Dude, forget painful. it, dude. Yeah. I mean, like I can't I can't hang on to, <laughs> to wood. You know, when <laughs> when you're getting a cramp, those things are insanely painful. Yeah, it's hard to keep mm. uh, bone when you're yeah. yeah. Marissa, we have other things <laughs> yeah. that, that we to worry about Got it. in the Got mail it. department. So um <laughs> But I mean if you can hang on, try. Yeah, oh, yes. of course, of course, absolutely. If it can Hold be done, on. <laughs> if you're not being distracted by that uh, excruciating pain in your calf. Yeah. Crippling pain that's causing you to get faint. Uh, the company has even prepared a list of suggested exercises, some of which would require considerable considerable flexibility. Like what? Length to use yourself. I, I didn't, there was a video. I didn't watch it. <laughs> uh, while it's repeatedly shown itself to be a company with a sense of humor... Uh, they seem to be serious about the health benefits, uh, declaring Tenga has created the fusion of fitness and self-pleasure. What's the most erotic piece of equipment in a regular gym? What What is best for sex? The regular bench is good. Yes. Uh, the, I don't know, the... Maybe the... the preacher bench? The tower well, uh, yeah. w- where you can do... Because um, I have a tower at home yeah. and, and you can... What, what's the exercise? Flies. No, no. Hang on, I'll show you. There's, there's no moving parts to the tower. It's, it, it's a you, you do pull ups and right. then you put your arms up here and you do leg leg races. Yeah, yeah. But what's that? What's this thing where you, where you rest your arms up there? You know what I'm talking about? I don't know the technical yeah, name, name for it. Yeah. However, listen, there, there is a new apparatus. Nick Murphy, help me out here. They, they, they have it at that brand new Y. Um, oh, the auto suck. <laughs> no, it's not an auto suck. But it's just a I can't block. get on the thing. It's just a block. They have something in there that basically could probably serve as a sex swing. Um, really? Yeah. Where is this? Is that the, the, the brand new Y that they just opened up outside of Fort Washington? It's going to be one popular Y. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know what it's called. Why'd you ask Nick Murphy? Does he because go there? He and, no, he and I shot a video there Oh, okay. uh, right before they opened up. 
Okay. And, I mean, this thing is monstrous. Um, it looks like a sex swing? Mm, I mean, it could serve as so many different things. Murph, if you can find that that, that video and, and show these guys, because, I mean, it's just, uh, like, the apparatus is as big as this room. Really? Yes. That's oh yes. Wait a second. Are you t- is it, is it is it multiple um uh like pillars like metallic girders? It's yeah. Okay, I know yeah. what you're talking about. It, those are actually really good. They're very versatile. Mm-hmm. And they have one of these at the Y. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, Wait yeah. a minute. It's as big as this room, and only one person can use it at a time. Multiple no, people m- can multiple, use it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's a lot of different stations. Yes. Okay. So I got gotcha. you. All right. Uh, but anyhow, if you want to spank it and get a workout at the same time, you got to get this thing. Only it's $520. I'll pass on that. Jesus, that's ridiculous. Okay, uh, what else have here? Oh, yeah. Let's yeah, go to yeah. a completely different direction. Oh, that was enlightening. Rocky Four. Sylvester Stallone is currently working on a director's cut of the film in time for its 35th anniversary. Casey loves Rocky Four, by the, the way. One. It's actually, no, I, I, I we are standing direct disagreement on this. I, I think it's pretty terrible. I think it's, um, yeah. Watch it again, uh, it's and terrible. maybe you'll appreciate it. It's horrible. I, I just think it got ridiculous at that point. And they, but anyway. No, man, listen, he used, you know, uh, Ivan Drago had all of the technology and the drugs, and, you know, he lifted logs. And and ran in the snow. Yeah. And that's all you need. That's all you need. Yes. To stop communism. Yes. <laughs> you know, maybe he did drugs and had computers and I lifted logs and ran in the snow. But if we could kill each other here in the ring, then maybe you could kill each other in the ring. <laughs> no. No. What? No, no killing. No killing. Uh, after a fan made a very specific plea in the comments, Stallone had had posted something about it. Uh, he had revealed a new detail which might not sit well with fans who go all the way back with this movie. Somebody had written on Instagram, don't cut the robot, and then Stallone replied, I don't like the robot anymore. Oh, but the robot, I think, is essential because it just sort of sh- goes to show... How bad the movie is. No. <laughs> yes. Uh, how... Uh, outrageous, you know... His can, wealth is. His wealth is, yeah. Right, that he could purchase a robot because he's getting it for yeah. a birthday present. Yeah, he went from this this guy who was, you know, <laughs> beating his meat uh, in the first movie, and now all of a sudden he's got robots for Polly, and, you know... He was beating his meat? Yeah. <laughs> Punching, Punching sides of beef. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> has a wholly other context. Uh, the robot in question... And like, this one's going to focus on self-pleasuring. <laughs> uh, the the focus... Uh, not the focus. The, the, the robot is called... Do you know the robot is called Sicko? No. Sicko. S-I-C-O. Sicko, maybe? Sicko. Uh, created by International Robotics Incorporated. We know it better as uh, Pulsar, right? I don't think it's the same one. Yeah. Was it not? Was it not? No, we just always kind of played it off as that. Ah. In the film, Rocky gifts the robot to his brother-in-law, Polly. Polly re, uh, resents the gift, but later, or resents the gift, and then later in the film uh, seems to warm to its presence, notably after the robot had an overhaul and a new female voice, and that's finally when Polly <sighs> came around to it. It is a very stupid part of the movie. I understand, though, if you're going to do a director's cut, you usually... Add scenes, right, and add content. 
Uh, do we have the clip of the uh, that yeah. incredible scene? Yeah. All right, here we go. What is this? Your present. Yo, I wanted a sports car for my birthday. I'm a walking trash can. Oh, come on, it looks great here. Please make a wish. It's creepy. That talks, that thing. Creepy? These are great. I wish I had one of these when I was growing up. Come on, make a wish, like he says. I wish I wasn't in this nightmare. Very good, huh? <laughs> I mean, he's that's he, just before number five, uh-huh. and he has Rocky descending. I would like a birthday present. So while Stallone's dismissal of the robot. Robot could possibly have been interpreted as some dry humor. Uh, he went on and took it a step further, answering another question. Uh, somebody had, had also posted, does it expand on the relationship between Paulie and his robot? And then Stallone's response uh, eventually was a little bit more firm and said, the robot is going to the <laughs> junkyard. No more robot. Yeah. So he hated it. I saw some tweet somewhere, and I'm trying to find it, but I think the person tweeted at us or maybe tweeted at some of the, um, maybe something retweeted, whatever, um, that this robot or this line of robots, the guy used to work for the company, was developed to help uh, kids with autism. Okay. And and then I guess Sly's son also was autistic at one point so that his was, actual i think his actual his son, son is in that scene yes he, and so there, there's a connection between the robot manufacturer and sylvester Stallone. is that how that happened yeah and and so i'm trying to find All the right, actual see if we can find out it. what yeah. the stories of that interesting i wonder if that is the case it's your birthday present. yes hey boy the robot you could play with it uh and they had paul uh, paulie you had he had to work extra hard to appear Dumber than Rocky. Yeah. I've I've kind of blocked that movie out altogether. I to me the first one masterpiece. The second one good. Third one okay. Clubber Lang. Fourth one it because it's it's so kitschy funny at the end. You Russians Americans it all. Defeats communism. He outruns the KGB, if you recall. You remember Mickey died. (laughs) Mickey died in the third one. You made me sad. (laughs) Mickey died in the third one? Yeah, Yeah, Apollo Apollo Creed dies in the fourth one. Yeah. Right. Correct. Yeah. 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 Uh, No release date yet for Rocky for the director's cut. As they say in America, no sad, bro. Yeah. Uh, But the, the film's 35th anniversary is November 27th, so it's possible that you, we could see it then. You know where they filmed uh, the Russian scenes in Rocky IV, right? Was it Canada? Uh, no, it was Wyoming. Actually, yeah. it might have been like uh, Canada too, but Wyoming. Yeah, he was running around <laughs> the Grand Tetons. Yeah. In, in, in Grand Teton National Park. So it was... Uh, I got to get serious about this. I'm going to run through the uh, Siberia <laughs> with a tiger on my back. <laughs> 
those scenes are supposed to show, listen, he is all the chemicals and all the stuff in this. They're using science, and Rocky's going back to the chopping wood. He even had a beard. So uh, Seiko, or Psycho, whatever uh, the name of the robot was, was designed by international robotics founder Robert Dornick. And uh, the, as Trivia Happy explains, the story begins in the 80s when uh, Dornick appeared on a talk show to promote his robot and discuss the work he'd done with autistic children. Uh, and Serge Stallone was autistic. So there was a link between that company and that's how uh, Sylvester got in, um, uh, became aware of the robot in the Is first place. Is it Serge or Sage, Nick? I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, I think it's Sage. Well, I don't know because yeah. it's S-E-A-R-G-E. Oh, so maybe he was Serge. Maybe Sergio. his nickname was Sage, yeah. uh, but his full name was Sergio Stallone. Um, so anyway, he was autistic, and uh, and that's how the robot got introduced. Okay. To Sly, you say it was? Did he pass away? Serge? Yeah. No, he's still alive. Okay. Yeah. I thought one of his sons passed away. Per, oh maybe my I got god! That information all this stuff. Well, we can get to the bottom of all this. Yeah. All this legend of law. Uh, you know, we're massive Stallone, but I think even he knows that sequence was intended to extract. The importance of what was going on. The robot, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's twice taking it out of the movie. <laughs> that was dumb. Uh, People yeah. who you. So we're, we're confusing. There's two. Um, he was the brother of uh, Serge's. I'm sorry. Let me start over. Serge is autistic. Sage is the guy you're referring to, Steve. Those are two different people. Sage, okay. Sage passed away in 2012. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Any I didn't idea? know that. Any idea how he died? Or uh, I, I don't remember that story. Uh, uh, here. Death. Uh, he had not been heard from four days prior to his death. Empty prescription drug bottles were found at the scene, but after autopsy toxicology results, uh, they determined that he died of coronary artery disease. This is Stallone's son? Yeah. yeah so we're talking about two different people. Okay, so, so Serge is his bro- uh, brother? Serge is his brother, and Serge is the one that is autistic. Is Serge is still alive. I've ne- So Hold I on. just assumed Frank was his only brother. Serge? No, Serge is no, his no, no. child. Yes. Okay. His children. We're and talking his, about his brother Sly's... Sage passed away. So these are Stallone's kids. Sylvester's kids, Steve. Okay. Have you ever heard of the? the I, I've never heard of more than just the one son. I know he has no. daughters now, but I didn't know that. I, well, I guess it's a lot I don't know about it. That's, um, that's sad news. That's very sad. All right. Uh, all right. Something else. Okay. Do you guys want to go in the way back machine? Because we do have a video of that uh, apparatus that I was talking about that. That uh, you have they, video of we, the apparatus. Yeah, just just so you can see what I'm talking about. All right. Um, sure. Yeah. And, Bring it up on the. Yes. Okay. I have right. seen this. <laughs> so there's a gym. Okay. If you, if you just tuned in, Casey's <laughs> talking about this piece of gym equipment that seems like it could be a. Oh, uh, a sex apparatus. Okay, I got you. You see what I'm talking so, about? Yes. Yeah. It's a. It's a essentially uh, these things that you can hang uh, stuff from to to do exercises on, like. Uh, aerial yoga or uh, lifts or the things that have assistance. There's a, there's a, <laughs> almost like a trapeze swing on it. Okay, yeah, you can yeah, have yeah, sex yeah. on that. Okay, yeah, exactly. All right. All right, let me find out. What I'm... All right, this is uh, completely different than everything we've been talking about this morning, but people are going nuts for an Ohio worker's latest creation. He made a bar that caters to squirrels that live in his yard, and it's awesome. His name is Michael Dutko. He's a 35-year-old hobbyist, and he's been this. creating art and household items from wood most of his life. He chronicles it on his YouTube channel, which is called Duke Harmon Woodworking. And he, it's, it's a twist on a squirrel feeder that he made. It's called the Nutty Bar. And it's attached to his backyard fence. And it looks like a real bar. It has a range of nuts on tap. 
that the squirrel can access. So the and the squirrels when they're using it, do they look like they're sitting at the bar? Now that I haven't seen whether or not they're sitting down when All they're right. doing this or not. He said that he built it uh, to help his neighbor. My with, wife doesn't understand me uh, with her bird watching habit. That's him talking to the bartender. I, I don't know. You know, she's making me nuts. Uh, so... Oh, this is awesome. We're looking at it right here. We've seen these things that people have built to make it look like squirrels are sitting at sure. picnic tables and eating and stuff like that. Yeah. It's similar to that, but this has all these different nuts of which the uh, squirrel can choose from. Uh, and he said, the whole reason I started making this is because my neighbor watches birds with her daughter and told me about the squirrels they keep getting in the way. And I didn't even tell her what I was doing. I just built it and put it in the backyard and she saw it and she was cracking up. Uh, squirrels who find their way to the bar get to choose from seven different nuts named after beers. Cashew Dunkel, uh, <laughs> Peter Pilsner, Almond Ale, Walnut Stout, Sunflower Saison, uh, Pecan Porter, and Pistachio Pale Ale. It's uh, really well done, the craftsmanship, but I, I, yeah. I, I, I assume it has to be squirrel pandemonium with this thing open. You would think so, right? Any, if you have if you ever put out any bird feeders at all... They go nuts. The squirrels... <laughs> Take it over. I like the anti-squirrel beer, uh, bird feeders. The ones that spin around? Yes. yes. And just <laughs> Pretty hilarious. Yeah. Uh, the project, which, meter, uh, which measures about 25 inches wide. <laughs> I'm having a hard time talking today. Uh, we all are. And 16 inches tall. Took him eight hours to design and build. Uh, after posting a video on YouTube showing uh, the building process, uh, Dutko says he was overwhelmed with comments and requests to purchase it. And immediately applied for a design patent and is now planning to launch a business to sell the Nutty Bar for about 200 bucks. Absolutely. So I love- yeah, they, they, they set up the other ones, too, Casey. You've seen them where it's on. It'll, it'll be at the top of the fence, but it looks like a little picnic table. Yeah. For the squirrels. I, listen, I love woodworking stuff, and I wish I yeah. you know, was a so craftsman I- like this. There is a there is a uh, these guys they're next door neighbors and they're like great friends and drinking buddies and and did you see this the way they turn their fence into a a bar for both of them yeah it's great yeah and when you can do really quality level woodworking like that you can do stuff so Preston there was the, the fence actually tilted over and created a bar between backyards is it like on a uh, on a spindle like or on something? a pivot it's yeah. got to be yeah that's great that's a great idea yeah so they can flip it down and. And that way they can socially distance. Socially distance and hang out. Yeah, Yeah, it's perfect. Brilliant idea. I can't do that. Mm -hmm. All right, one more thing, and then that's all we have time for. And Steve, mainly I bring this up for you. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but it's a TikTok trend that involves cats and wet toothbrushes. Have you seen this? I have not. People claim that cats love the sensation of someone using a wet toothbrush on their cat, and apparently they love it because it supposedly reminds them of getting groomed by their mother's tongue. I can see that. And that it instantly makes the animals feel soothed and relaxed. I've got to try that. So search for... I've been using my own tongue. Search for cat toothbrush, and it brings up a bunch of the videos on TikTok, much of which seem to be uh, showing cats looking very happy and relaxed while being groomed with a wet toothbrush. It's funny if you have anybody, anybody comes over to the house who's never been licked by a cat, like we have Hubert, our cat Hubert will immediately start trying to groom you, you know? <laughs> and when they realize just how um, sandpaperish yeah. a yeah. cat's tongue is, they're like, oh my God. Yeah. After a little while, you got to get them to stop if they, if they keep <laughs> yeah, going. It, it hurts. Yeah, it kinda, <laughs> it's a little bit rough in there. Uh, there's no words on, on experts on. If this is what a cat might actually like, or do you brush your cats brushed. in the morning, or you don't have, we don't cats, have cats anymore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I we never did brush our cats. This is my, in the my, my toothbrush. I'll have to do that now. <laughs> right, brush twice a day. All nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, so that's something to try out? Yes, I'm going to have to try that. If you guys want to. With a toothbrush I don't use a lot. Yeah, it might be or perhaps idea. not at all. All right. Uh, anyhow, that's all the time we have because we have some guests coming up. So thank you for letting me clean out some stuff out of a junk draw. When we return, we're going to have comedian Taylor Tomlinson on. And she has sold out Punchline Wednesday through Monday. Doesn't even have to give us a call because tickets are all sold out. But How about that? Call in anyway, so we'll talk to her in just a little bit. Uh, as well as David Zucker celebrating the 40th anniversary of the movie Airplane. Very cool. We'll be back in a few minutes. Stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. Cage the elephant. Larkin Poe. Rival sons. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WNMR. Yes, our guest is standing by, and she is going to be in town starting on Wednesday for sold-out shows. I lied a little while ago. I said all of her shows were sold out. All but one of her shows are sold well, out. Well, there's good news there, then. Yeah, so there's a Tuesday night show at uh, Punchline, and that is on the 8th. Uh, just to give you a heads up on that, it's punchlinephilly.com to get your tickets. But otherwise, she's on to talk about uh, just what's going on and uh, yeah. coming to Philadelphia. So please welcome Taylor Tomlinson Yay! to the show this morning. Hi, Taylor. Hi, how's it going? Thank you so much. Of course. You've, you've got a lot of fans here in Philadelphia with all those sold out shows and uh, they're excited for you to be in town. Oh my gosh, I'm excited to come. I mean, I'm excited to be here this morning. I uh, I love waking up early because I just text everybody who doesn't think I have my life together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they're like, going to be like, ooh, she works out now first thing in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you go through that mental sort of back and forth when you, because we're up really early and I'm like, do you know, do I text this message so that I don't forget it or do I make a call and leave a message? Do you go through that? Because there, there is a protocol depending on everyone's schedules i mean everyone i know is a comic aka a trash person so (laughs) it really it's not great to text anyone at 6 a.m for me in my life because no one's going to respond to it right it's going to make me look like i have my life together (laughs) so it's completely selfish well Uh, because anytime some anytime somebody tells me they wake up at 5 a.m i'm always like oh that's why you're hot <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it, there, there, there is something to that because we, you know, obviously. So I'm up at three forty-five, presents around the same time, and uh, you, you forget how the rest of the world operates. And, and years ago, I did stand up, and it was completely the converse that I would be coming home at the time I now wake up, and it's, it's a bizarre juxtaposition. Oh my gosh! I mean, I can't even imagine. Yeah, there, there are times where I do radio in the morning, and I'm like, I'd rather do 3 a.m. because I'll just stay up. That'll <laughs> yeah. just be the last thing I do. <laughs> we, we, we've had, we, yeah, we've definitely had people power on through and just come on in the morning. Like Burke Kreischer will do that uh, when he knows he's going to be on with us, or, or, or other people will do that. But I, I wanted to ask you, you're out of the blue. I just happened to watch your Netflix special. I just knew a very little bit about you, and uh, there was. It seemed that it it you know, right at the beginning of, and I was telling Preston this, of the pandemic and stuff like that, when people are kind of like, okay, I guess we're going to have to hunker down and, and you know, see what's available. Your special was sitting right there, and um, it, it 
it, it seems to have exploded for you. The reaction has been phenomenal. Did it blow you away how well the Netflix special did? I mean, yeah, it was great. I mean, it's what you hope for. All all my uh, my agents were like, this is a great time to have a special out. And I was like, you think I needed a global emergency to be successful? I don't know how I feel about that. But, yeah, it's fun. Like, having – I mean, obviously I've never put out a Netflix special, and you just – you hear from all these people you would have never heard from normally, like your middle school crush, your old boss, your parents, like – <laughs> all these people who normally wouldn't even reach out. Anybody surprised that had a, no idea that comedy was your, your profession? At this point, no. I mean, when I was younger, I started when I was like 16. So okay. when I was like 18 working in food service, my, my I remember I tried to like get nights off for shows. And my manager's like, you do comedy? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, can't see it. And just uh, can't can't see, see it. it. Well, there's there's, there's wow. somebody who's really on your back. I have to ask you, did, so you probably had situations where you would play places you weren't legal to go into as a patron, but could go in as an employee, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I used to do the comedy store down in San Diego. And uh, before I was 21, I couldn't hang out inside. And so I would just stand outside with Matt, the door guy, who was essentially babysitting on top of his, his bouncing uh, <laughs> his bouncing duties. And then they'd go, all right, you can go on right now. And I'd walk in, walk directly on stage, do my set, and leave. That is wild. So you, you started, and correct me if I'm wrong, you and your dad, or was it your dad that suggested when you're like 15 or 16 that you, you sign up for like a comedy course? Yeah, we took a comedy class at a church. <laughs> Uh, which just sounds made up. It does. That is my origin story. Yeah. Did you yeah. learn anything at that class? Did it help you out? I did. I mean, you know, it was probably like most comedy classes where they go, just go buy Judy Carter's book and <laughs> write down a list of things that make you mad and see what comes out. And so I just came back with like, didn't go to prom. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you got to miss out on things. And there's a, there's the plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, everyone else is like, my marriage is in trouble. And I'm like, well, I wish I had a corsage. <laughs> uh, listen, I was I was raised Catholic. I know you were raised Christian. And, you know, my mom taught CCD. My dad was a deacon. So, um, But I know that, you know, sort of growing up in that environment, that there were actually some pretty funny jokes that were religious in nature. And I don't, I don't know if you, especially early on, had used any of that kind of material. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I tried not to because I wanted to be able to perform anywhere. Like, the one religious joke I had was when I was in high school, I was uh, I was attempting to wait until marriage, uh, if you know what I mean. And the only attempting. joke I do, yeah. and what's crazy is this joke worked really well in churches, and half the time they wouldn't let me tell it because the joke was uh, – you know, it, it's really hard for me to be abstinent because, like, when promiscuous friends of mine miss their time of the month, they think, oh, no, I'm pregnant. When I miss my time of the month, I'm like, oh, no, I'm carrying the Messiah. <laughs> <laughs> it carries a lot more weight, doesn't yeah. it? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, yeah, let me Pretty ask you. Sure. <laughs> let me ask you to that point, and and so your 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 special quarter life crisis, and we talked about the the uh, the phenomenon of the quarter life crisis. Now, you you you're not a big drinker, don't drink at all, not drugging. Um, so a lot of the stuff that you 
don't engage in. Uh, you, you, you know, was that was that a bit of a concern that you might not be able to connect with an audience that might be your contemporaries? You know, it's crazy. Drunk people, not that hard to connect with. Uh, <laughs> they're pretty friendly. They're pretty open uh, <laughs> at that point. You know, I mean, I've never, like, been a partier. And it's so funny because now I have friends who are getting boring. Like, they're, like, settling down and having kids and yeah. whatnot. And they, I thought they'd, like, get on my level and be like, we're boring too now. Let's all hang out and drink orange juice. <laughs> and instead, they're just just as condescending about settling down. They'll be like, I don't know how you stay out past 10 p.m. Your lifestyle's so unhealthy. And I'm like, I've seen you snort Coke off a rusty bike rack. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is kind of wild because all my life, and I've, you know, I've never been opposed to it, but I've never been drunk. I've never tried, you know, drunks. That's never been part of my deal. It's just never the thing. But it is funny that that when when I was doing what I was doing, or just in our general lifestyle, we go out to events where people are getting ripped up or whatever. That's okay, but it, it it is weird to see a lot of those people eventually go around as you're saying and and say, I don't know, I I can't drink anymore, I can't do it anymore, and now they're like, and then they kind of look at you and go, now I'm just like you, <laughs> so, right? Exactly. I, they're like I'm lame too. Exactly. Oh, but it's so it's wild because listen, I was definitely a huge partier, but now like. If I fall asleep at nine o'clock on a Friday night, like that is a badge of honor. The same way back when I was twenty-one, if I stayed up till six o'clock drinking, you know, I, I, I kind of like to me, it's it's the same type of badge of honor. It's like, oh my god, I fell asleep at nine o'clock last night. <laughs> like, yeah, somewhere a switch oh is thrown. Yeah. 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 I think I think it's just it's just the way that, that nature has intended it, so that we can you know just you know fade off into uh, into the ether. I want, you bring up a point in your Netflix special that I really liked about um, how when you're in inv- you're involved with someone and you you break up with them, you suddenly sort of have a, have a quasi kinship with the ex that they had. Like you you can you can sort of now find common ground with their their other exes. Can you can you elaborate on that? Oh, totally. I mean, it's more so when you start dating somebody new. I mean, I do this too. Like. Whenever you start dating someone new, they're going to talk about their ex and their ex was wrong and their ex did this and their ex did that. And a lot of times when I start dating a dude and they're like, yeah, my ex was crazy or whatever, and they elaborate, I just go, oh, totally. She sounds nuts. But in my head, I'm like, we would have been friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of true. And like you'd think like af- after you break up, you almost, you know, like and it works, obviously, no matter what the situation is. You're like, I, I, maybe I should seek counsel with this person because they can, re- <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They can they can reaffirm what you found out. Oh, totally. You're like, we have been through the same war <laughs> and I need to talk to someone who knows what I've been through. Right. Oh, I feel that way after every breakup. I'm like, I really should reach out to her, I think. <laughs> you, you, like you need it like a, like a dating consigliere, someone who can provide you the uh, the, the feedback that you need. Um, totally. Yeah. So, so with obviously with this taking off, and um, you, you know, some cl- it's great what Punchline is able to do because they have this great facility that allows you know uh, stand up, and as things are coming back online, and you you know you're off this hot this hot Netflix special. Uh, what's your schedule looking like? Are things starting to fill in, or is it still moving at a glacial pace? I mean, here's the tough thing: is like there are places where you can go and you can perform inside and. 
you know, in some places they're saying they're distancing and some places, you know, they say they are and then people get there and they're not. And right. Every time you're there doing the show. So I, I haven't been wanting to mess with that. I'm trying to take this seriously. I wanted to do the punchline because they're doing it outside. They're doing it distance. It's, it feels safe to me. The shows are much smaller than they normally would have been inside. And I, I only want to do shows that I would be comfortable going to right now. So right. Those are the shows I've been doing, which is obviously way less shows than I would normally be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh, man, have I been getting enough sleep for the first time in my whole <laughs> life. I believe there it. There you are. I believe it. You're going to bed at night. Hey. Uh... Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Performing outside is interesting. Like, I've never put on bug spray before shows before. <laughs> <laughs> But at, here we are. At this show, I was reading face coverings are, are required at the event. I'm sure you won't have to wear one. Um, but when when you are wearing a mask, how's your mask game? Have you have you spent any money? Have you put any uh, effort into something that makes a uh, a statement? Or what are you doing in the mask department? Dude, I bought so many cool masks. Going like I'm going to coordinate my outfits. This is going to be me now. <laughs> And then I read something online that's like, actually, the the medical ones, just with the blue fuzzy and the whatever, those ones are the best mm-hmm. uh, for preventing the virus. And those, like, don't match anything. Yeah. They look responsible <laughs> and they're disposable. Right. That's where we're at now. And I'm like, oh, I guess I can't wear the one with flames on it. <laughs> yeah, right. I can't wear my minion mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, did uh, Whitney Cummings and, and a lot of a lot of people are doing this. They're, they're sort of setting up these shows, um, and I think maybe you're part of the show. I'm not uh, sure, but basically, you come in, everyone gets tested. It's sort of like a a bubble of performers, and and um, it it allows you know more latitude with performing. Have you done any stuff like that? Where, where you you all agree to you know do the test and do a little bit of a of a tour. Oh, where I get super rich and I test everybody. <laughs> um, no, I haven't done that yet. But yeah, I mean, obviously that that's so cool that some people are are doing that, and I think uh, people who have been touring hopefully are getting tested yeah. uh, regularly. But you know, that's like a pretty personal question. It's so weird. There's so many ways that you have to get tested now in order to date someone responsibly. Like you don't want the HIPAA rules to go out the window as you're violating right. all. Of, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, exactly. Hey, uh, Taylor, your, your shows are almost completely sold out, and it's a bunch of shows. Uh, do you attribute that to the bikini shot that you posted on Instagram, uh, <laughs> asking for people to come to the show? I mean, I hope so. I feel like I'm going to get there, and everyone's going to be like, "No, we came in spite of that." <laughs> <laughs> well, you you described yourself. I think it was uh, subjectively hot, which which yeah. I, which I would say is is kind of the best kind of hot because, I, uh, I mean, you know, the the flawless, um, pr- you know, modely perfection kind of thing. I think is very off putting. It's like it doesn't oh, seem real. It doesn't seem real. Yep. So as, I love it when men do this. I love it when guys are like, I like that you're asymmetrical. I'm <laughs> I think it's cool. I love your soft arms. I'm like, okay, David, I don't believe you. <laughs> no, it is kind of true. A lot of it's 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 like the 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 impossibly gorgeous women who always say, "I was a tomboy." Yeah. 
Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm sure you guys are being totally honest. And if, like, Giselle came up to you, you'd be like, mm, too perfect. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. There might be some latitude there. You Taylor, might be right. I got a question because it, it kind of bugs me when I post things on Instagram and people will, they will, they will zoom in on the photo and comment on the smallest little thing in the background or whatever. So I want to ask you uh, what uh, comments you got about that bikini picture because there's one thing in this picture that totally stands out to me, I think, more than anything else. Okay. I'm I'm going to tell you what I got the most. The weirdest comments about were just like, you look uncomfortable. Like, people were really concerned that I was sitting on rocks. They were like, are you okay? Do you need a lawn chair? Like, people were just like, what? are you, is that, that seems uncomfortable, which I thought was actually very sweet. And then I have a, a big scab on my knee. Yes. Uh, that, yeah, that, that's what, that's what, and you can't help it. You focus immediately on the scab. Well, you address the scab yeah. in the comment, but, yeah. uh, you know, sometimes people read the comments and sometimes they just focus on the picture or sometimes both. Right, exactly. No, I put in the caption. Here's the thing. If you're a comedian and you're posting a bikini shot, you have to make fun of yourself a little bit. Otherwise, everyone's going to not respect you. And so I and also I like that I left it because I was like, this proves I don't face tune because (laughs) anyone else would have gotten rid of this real easy. It's a tap on the screen. But you know what? This is me. I fell down while walking and texting. And this is my brand, all right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And and it shows you're real. It's and genuine. We, we respect that. That's, yes. We and, like our, our, our dinged-up women. And it's working. <laughs> tickets are selling. <laughs> um, there are only some tickets available for the new show added on Tuesday. It's at 6.30, and you can get the tickets at uh, punchlinephilly.com. Taylor, we could talk to you for a long time. We have another guest who's set up, and we need to, to, to move along. So... Um, we will see you when you get in town. Have a great time when you're in Philadelphia. And hopefully next time we talk, it'll be in person here in our studio, okay? Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. You bet. Taylor Tomlinson, yeah. guys, at Punchline. She's awesome. She's excellent. Um, all right. We have our next guest ready to go. Very excited to talk to him. Ugh. We, just a few weeks ago, had a lengthy conversation about the movie Airplane because it was approaching the 40th anniversary of the film. And we just, we kept going on and on of scene after scene after scene and our favorite moments in that movie. It's one of those movies, as is a lot of uh, this gentleman's work. Uh, yes. The, uh, scenes can make people start uh, adding their scenes and quoting lines, and before you know it, you're in a full-blown conversation. So many lines from the movie Airplane, but I'd say the one that stands out more than all others probably is this you ever seen a grown man naked probably <laughs> so please welcome david zucker yeah! this morning hi david good morning hi good to talk to you good to, i was gonna say good to see you but it's not <laughs> it's not well maybe you can um no. yeah listen david we we like i was saying in the setup we had we had a lengthy discussion about airplane and forty years, I can't believe it's come and gone. I remember clearly when I went to go see the movie in the theaters. I didn't know what I was getting into. I was a kid. My parents took me, and it was. And and I remember pointing out one of the one of the great things about the movie and the setup. And I knew it was going to be awesome. Was that there was a Warner Brothers cartoon, like a Bugs Bunny cartoon, that ran right before the movie. I hadn't seen that. I thought they stopped doing that. Was that? Did you have a hand in that, or was it my local theater that did that? 
Yeah, it must have been your local theater. We had nothing to do with okay. that. Okay. I thought it was a <laughs> nice touch they added, though. Um, I'm not proud of it either. <laughs> <laughs> not proud that you missed that one. I wanted to ask you, Dave, because there's so much legend and lore behind this movie, because it's, it's, it's the movie that really, uh, you know, you everyone, how, how did it get made? The fact... And and correct me if I'm wrong. You um, and and your, your the the rest of the people involved with the the, the movie, um, the creators, uh, n- never really fans of comedy. Growing up, you you like to make fun of movies, comedy movies, I should say. And that process of putting on a movie and making fun of it is what sort of generated um, what went into Airplane. Yeah, we we loved comedy, but you know we we liked serious movies more. That's what we laughed at more. Uh, and and you know we would you know generally you know watch one of these fifties uh, black and white movies, and and we would dub in what we wanted. And that's we thought those serious characters were funnier than the comedians of the day. So that's that's where the idea of Airplane came in. And one one day we saw this old. 1957 movie called Zero Hour. I yes, there, but it's uh, it, airplane is scene for scene. You know the same plot, the same characters. Only you know we just put our twist on it, and so and that turned out to be the idea. And casting it not with comedians, but with these these straight actors. That's the essential thing that makes it work. And I, I from what I understand, it took you about five years to make the movie and selling it on. Because you're telling the movie company, okay, so who's going to be in this? What's the com- Who are the comedians well, that are going to be in this? Robert Stack <laughs> and Lloyd Bridges. You know, that, that, yeah. that was not the, the greatest lead uh, to the whole thing. But we, uh, you, you know, we, just, we just went from studio to studio, and that's why we made Kentucky Fried Movie, because we couldn't sell the airplane script. And uh, so we made, and it turned out to be a, a good uh, sequence of events because we didn't know how to direct and we we have to direct airplanes. So we did Kentucky Fried Movie. John Landis directed it. It's great. And, uh, I just watched it. Yeah, collaboration. And then we we felt we were able to do it. And uh, and still Paramount didn't want us to direct it. And they shopped it to other directors. We kept saying no. We're, we we have to direct this. And uh, and then the Directors Guild wouldn't let us uh, have a three man director credit. So my brother went down down uh, L.A. and had his name legally changed to Abraham's N. Zuckers, <laughs> and uh, and the, the Directors Guild computer spat out a, uh, a a card saying saying Abraham's N. Zuckers, and when they found out about it, they were furious. But so they had to give in, and we we ended up getting the the three man credit. That's that's great. Now, and as legend has, and I know if this is true, but Robert Stack, uh, he had, I think he had just completed. 1941, which he was banking on the Steven Spielberg, his big budget comedy, which he was right. banking on being huge. Explain the story. Well, he was in 1941. Well, the story is he just, you know, all on the, during the shooting on the set, he would just tell stories of, you know, how he was on on that movie and uh, how it was going to be great. And, uh, and, well, we also, I think the studio offered him, points in the movie, big percentage, if he would, you know, do it for, you know, a certain amount, and he he uh, skipped that and just took the money up front, which I think probably cost him millions, <laughs> but uh, he was, I mean, he was, uh, Robert Stack was a great guy, and he, you know, I think he, they all love being in movies, so, uh, and, and, uh, and when he, when he actually saw it, 
he was so surprised. He said, never in my life have I been so wrong about uh, any movie that I've been in. So he wasn't so, uh, He wasn't sure. And, and then that night, obviously, the reaction's great, and he realizes, oh, this, this is the hit. Because 1941 essentially was a bomb. Right, yeah. yeah. 1941 didn't do anything. It was like, uh, well, you know, we later got to know... Uh, John Belushi, uh, when we did uh, Police Squad, because he was also shooting something at Paramount. We also did a one of the guest deaths in the opening credits with Belushi. But uh, he said, uh, you know, Spielberg is a genius, of course, at, at all that stuff, but, but comedy is a different thing. You, just, you can't just say, okay, I'm great at doing movies, now I'll just knock off a comedy. And so Spielberg said that in one scene, uh, Spielberg told him, uh, just go nuts. Just go nuts. And you can't, you know, you have to, it's got to be in the script. An airplane, as crazy as it, as it is, you know, it was very scripted. It was just exact. There was no ad-libbing. And, you know, we knew exactly what, you know, we wanted right. to get on screen. And, and we went for it. And we stuck to the script. Just want to remind people of the reason David's calling is because uh, Airplane is going to be played in theaters throughout September. It's uh, currently available on Netflix. You mentioned Robert Stack, Lloyd Bridges. The two other men of that ilk in the film were Peter Graves and Leslie Nielsen. And you altered Leslie's career path from there on out. He had been a straight actor doing mainly roles that were pretty serious. And it opened up this world, and he really took to it. Can you talk a little bit about Leslie? Well, Leslie, you know... uh all his movies, we had watched some of his movies. He wasn't even that known at the time. So, and he wasn't our first choice. He was like the, the third choice. I think Vincent Price turned it down and Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. All, all these, they were bigger names at the, at the time. And then uh, we thought, well, here's this guy who's the captain of the Poseidon. And uh, he was, uh, I think, mainly known for that line when he sees a big wave and he goes, oh, my God. And it was like all <laughs> Serious stuff, and we thought this guy would probably be hysterical as the role of the of the doctor. So, you know, we we met with him. We later found out that he told his agents he, he loved the script, and he told his agents, "Don't tell these guys, but I pay them to do this." Uh, and so, and he took to it so well, uh, and and never winked. He just he got it. So uh, uh, it's, it's, it's it's totally perfect. And, and the fact like I, I knew him as the as the captain from a, the classic science fiction movie Forbidden Planet. And he was, you know, that, that, that yeah. just that yeah. that guy. And to have these people again doing it as straight as possible. Uh, when we talk about the sell to to the to the uh, the, the movie company. Was it were you originally going to do it as a period piece in black and white? Uh, we wanted to. We wanted to do period piece, black and white, and on a prop plane. And uh, the studio didn't want us to. And uh, it, finally, the three of us had to go in to have a meeting on on, on a Friday uh, in Michael Eisner's office. And uh, Michael Eisner says it's got to be on a on a jet plane and in color. And we, uh, you know, we made the whole argument why it was better. You know, it was like so our concept was in doing this old movie like Zero Hour. And he said, well, you know, you, you've, you've really made some good points, and, and you may be right, and you may go on to make this movie in black and white and on a prop play, and it may turn out to be a big hit, but it won't be at the studio. <laughs> and there you go. And but the, 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 we, the we knowing nod that you... you each other. And and he said, but don't don't give me your answer right now. Uh, think about it over the weekend. Come back Monday, 
and we did, and we totally caved, and uh, and he was right. So he was absolutely right. We, you know, I think they they envisioned it as a much bigger movie than the cult hit that we wanted to make. So, uh, and, and also Paramount added a lot of. They had us uh, rewrite and do add all the flashbacks, which were which were great. Well, what, what I love is that as you're seeing a jet plane moving, you're hearing a prop plane in, in a number of the scenes. Like we had the yep. last tap on Eisner. We, we put in the sound of a piston airplane. <laughs> I love it. David, uh, the, one of the, I think, in, in, in comedic cinematic history, the, the out-of-left-field line that I think is one of the funniest ever was the, the two young kids that are acting like they're adults and they're having coffee, and she asks if she wants cream or sugar, and she says, no, I like it black. I take it black like my men. I mean, just... Right, out- yeah, we never get that done today. No, you would not. <laughs> uh, but did you write that line? Uh, well, you know, one of one of us did. Either Jim or Jerry or uh, I wrote it. So, uh, and, and actually, we can't remember. We can never remember who wrote what. Even Don't Call Me Shirley or any of those things. We, we don't remember who wrote what line because, you know, the, we really learned that it... To make a, a really successful collaboration, you can't claim credit. You can't no, claim uh, credit, and we did it. And, and uh, in fact, it, it worked that way. That's uh, the way it works. The gentlemen who, who are the jive talkers, uh, they created their own dialogue? Yeah, they wrote their own line. You know, all we could do as three, you know, white Jewish guys from the Midwest, <laughs> where, all we could write was uh, mofo, I think. That was it. <laughs> mofo was it. <laughs> they hit the red. was the extent of our, because we had just seen Shaft. And we loved the chef, but we couldn't understand what they were saying. So we thought, why don't we do subtitles? And that's how it happened. And so these guys came in, and they read for the part. And But they prepared by, they actually looked up in a dictionary, you know, how to, how to do this dialect. And they came in, uh, you know, read it like that. And we, you know, we fell off our chairs. And we thought these were the guys. And so we... We cast them. Well, it's it still holds up today, the 40th anniversary. So it's on Netflix, available now, and we'll be playing through theaters uh, in theaters through September. Uh, it is an honor to speak to you, David. Thanks so much for coming on this morning. Sure, thanks for having me. All right, okay. you got it, David Zucker, guys. Yeah! And just to remind you, I mean, other titles that uh, <laughs> that were created through he and his, his brother and uh, were top secret. Yes, which uh, I love. We, we, we got to talk to him about that, too. I know, but the, the focus was on, uh, obviously, on the airplane. But, yeah, uh, Police Squad <coughs> and, and the Naked Gun movies. Naked Gun. Which was an offshoot of uh, Police Squad, which Police Squad was a TV show, right? It was right? a TV show and then became movies. Yeah, that it became Naked Gun. Yes. After that. Right. Um, so I just didn't watch In fact, it was called TV show. Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad. Yes, exactly, exactly. So And he also did the, the scary movies after the Wayans departed the second one. And basketball. Basketball I, was yeah. like... I, I love, love basketball. And and it's, and now base, basketball has sort of gotten that sort of cult status because you have the uh, South Park guys, mm-hmm. Matt and Trey, involved with that as well. I think it's a funny movie. I never did see basketball. It, I, listen, yeah. it's all over the place, yeah. but it's, it's a good kind of all over the place. Yeah. I, I know you guys, uh, Casey. No, nah, no. Nah, I've only see seen it? pieces of it. Uh, okay. because I saw the one part where the... Chick sucks the uh, chrome off of a trailer. Yeah, Jenny yes. McCarthy. Yeah. She's yeah. sitting there with the boat hitch. <laughs> That's now right. I, yeah. I feel like I should go back and watch it because I was definitely younger when I watched that, and a lot of those jokes probably went over my head. Jenny McCarthy and Yasmin Bleeth were, right. were the babes and, that uh, were in it. And it was Robert Vaughn was the bad guy. 
Wait, Robert, who's Robert Vaughn? Uh, he was the uh, bad guy in Superman 3, or he was Man from Uncle. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I should, I should, I've only seen little snippets of it. They create this sport, which yeah. is basically, you know, like the, the dumbest sport mm-hmm. and it becomes a major sport and, and, uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Is it because they're, um, because, uh, were there, uh, 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 contract disputes for of the major sports or right, something like right, that? Right, or, right. Yeah. And so they step on in and it's part of the deal is that there you have strikes. to throw off somebody by, by, by trash talking them as you're going for like a, it's, it's a combination of obviously basketball and baseball. Yeah, but it's it's as dumb as it gets, but good dumb. Okay, hey, um, a heads up, and I'm excited about this. Uh, starting on Thursday, uh, it's the MMR A to Z. Oh, I love this. So it's coming up, and this is normally it's called the back to school A to Z. Yes, but it's the uh, A to Z homeschooled edition, mm-hmm. as a lot of people are going to be going through that. Uh, so it's the annual alphabetical countdown of everything that rocks. On MMR, and we don't know how long it goes. We know when it starts, but we don't know when it ends. I think that as you're pretending to learn at home, put this on and listen instead. Right? Yes. 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 Stop learning. Yes. Start listening. <laughs> I think that's what we need to do. No, but this is one of our favorite uh, MMR music features of the whole year. I, as everything was sort of up in the air, and no one knew, you know, how is this going to play out? How are we going to go about this? I'm glad we're. Just going ahead and doing it because mm-hmm. as you're, you're right. Everyone loves this. Yep. So uh, just get uh, uh, get yourself set for that. And, and I've said before, I don't know what the status is uh, as of yet for um, posting online because we've done that in the past. MMR has posted the songs once they're played. Right. And uh, and people love to point out the mistakes that are made. Of course. As far as, in support. Yeah, because sometimes you somebody back here at the station will make a mistake and... <laughs> Forget to, you know, skip a song by accident oh, yeah. or, or the plan out of order and that it ends up going on the list the wrong way. And then there's always complaints about it, but we do the best we can. But that list is a great, especially if you make, if you like making playlists and things like that on your own at home, is a great reference uh, to go through and find songs that might fit for whatever type of mood playlist you're trying to put together. Yeah. Uh, so if we do post that, we'll have to... Um, We'll have to make you aware of how to get it. In fact, you know what? I should probably read ahead yeah. on my little info sheet. <laughs> well, you know, you're looking to kill some time. Uh, but it says here it's presented by Bush Auto Group. Fast, easy car buying online at uh, bushautogroup.com. But it's going to start uh, Thursday at noon, and then it's going to go till when it goes. Uh, it says we, It says here the event. Oh, no, never mind. <laughs> has nothing to do with Make sure list. not to read this part. It says, we'll auto-publish at midnight tonight. That has nothing Please to do with you. Don't read this part. <laughs> if you go to WMR.com, com, there is a link to the A to Z, and there's a link within that that shows you all the songs we've played so far. And for all of you auto-publishing fans out there... <laughs> Yes, midnight. you'll know that we do that at midnight. Yes. <laughs> hey, we, had a fight. we already did it. Yes. We had to fight. They wanted to take that feature away from the website. We had really? To we really use it. Nice. What feature? The auto-publish. I don't even know what that is. Exactly. Okay. And they wanted to take it away? They wanted to take it away. Can't take away auto-publishing from our site. That's right. Was that Rocky? That was Rocky. Yeah, okay. Um, may I ask a question? You may ask it in all seriousness. Certainly. Is it nighttime outside? Oh, my God. Or is it our windows? And every day this time, our, uh, well, they're not our windows. It's another part of the, the building's windows. Uh, automatically tint, and it turns into nighttime. It looks like nighttime. Yeah, I hate it. I can't stand it. I'm sleepy. It's going to give me seasonal mm-hmm. 
disorder. Yes. Uh, before the season And menstrual starts. cramps. And menstrual cramps. You want a bit of good news or interesting news? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so there's uh, several Word of the Day sites out there. Merriam-Webster does one. Uh, and there's a site called Word Genius that does one as well, wordgenius.com. And today, their Word of the Day is Gadzooks. Oh. Stop it. Yeah. And there's a little there's a little chart on here uh, that talks about its popularity over time. And uh, I'm, I'm guessing, because there's a little bit of a spike right at oh, the yeah. turn of the century. Yes. That it started to go back up. And I'm wondering if that has anything to do with us, and I can't imagine that it doesn't. I think um, history will eventually show the staggering power of the show. Well, it was very popular in the 1800s. influence the course of language. Yeah, and then it, it dipped in uh, over the 1875s, as you guys probably remember. And yeah. Then, and then it spiked in the 1900s, and now uh, it's back again. Yeah, it's swinging up. It's yeah. Lincoln swinging was upwards. going to include it in the Gettysburg Address, but right. opted not to. Uh, by the way, he went is, with kerfuffle. I'll give you the <laughs> definition. It's a part of speech. It's an exclamation. Its origin is English and from the late 17th century. The definition is an exclamation of surprise or annoyance. And using uh, it in a sentence, there's a couple of examples here. Please. Kadzooks, this coffee is hot. <laughs> or, I was just walking down the street and gadzooks had started pouring. So there you go. There your, you go. Your explanation. Didn't we find that the derivation of gadzooks goes back to God's hooks? God's hooks. Yeah, that is correct. I yes. got an email from uh, from Matt Danahel over the weekend, and I guess we were talking recently about the origins of gadzooks on our show, and he uh, has the audio. Uh, October 18th, 2005, uh, Steve, we talked about this many times, but a, a story about Ted Kennedy, not John Kennedy, but Ted, oh. uh, attempting to rescue a stranded fisherman. Then you, you made a Gadzooks joke, and it kind of... So it was here. No, it started before that. Nope. Yeah. No, it, it was, did not. It did not. No, it did. It started because of JFK and a watch I, that he was given. Um, let me finish. Okay. Uh, it did not. It started here in, in uh, 2005, October 18th, and then the very next day... There was a show, uh, the, uh, a story about a watch formerly owned by John Kennedy, and that was October nineteenth, two thousand five. And so Steve brought it back, and then we we laughed about it. And then somebody posted a sign, uh, a Gadzooks in a, in a school, and it was a, a bubble, uh, a word bubble coming out of JFK's mouth. And so it started with the Ted Kennedy story. The next day evolved into a John Kennedy story, and the rest is history. I was almost absolutely certain certain that that took place at Y100. I know. And yeah. it's funny I'll tell how you why the things. correlation was Gadzooks ice cream began here. <laughs> uh, and, and, uh, but that didn't happen right away. It happened in fairly close chronological proximity. It's funny mm-hmm. how we remember things. Uh, people are terrible eyewitnesses. I thought I was a woman this morning. Well, no. It's it, Listen, Preston... I, I remember things incorrectly all the time, and and you were adamant in the fact that it started at Y100, and mm-hmm. you were wrong. But it, if if you were on trial and somebody had asked you to testify under oath, you oh, would, I'd swear you would have you would have passed the lie detector I'd test. Swear, absolutely. Huh. You just you remembered it incorrectly. <clears throat> well, you reported there was what our belief is of our of our knowledge base of our own history. Right. What yeah. is the percentage that's incorrect? Like forty percent? Yeah, we're wrong all the time, myself included. And so, yeah, but this one, the Gadzook started at MMR, and it was in two thousand five. Wow. And that's according to who? Uh, a listener named Matt Denahill, and he sent me the audio, and and I listened to it over the weekend. Okay, so we have the audio, but how do we know that 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 timestamp is? Do we mention MMR in that audio? Yeah, we do. Uh, Marissa's pointing. She's got two fingers up, like she's. Uh... <laughs> well, I can confirm because I was here for it. And okay. I was not at Y100. So, Casey, if you search Gadzooks in Voxborough, it's in there. It was a promo 
the Marilyn Monroe, but I did not know the day before the Ted Kennedy yeah. story. I remember the so story was was predicated on that watch and mm-hmm. and that uh, Marilyn Monroe and the he and that's when I just blurted out the gadzooks and I remember being in our studio over here before this studio was built. You guys were saying it was part of Y100. I thought it was, but I guess we were incorrect. Listen, we all hate being wrong, uh, but on this one, yeah, yeah, so it's fine. It happens, Um, but but it it happened in MMR, and it happened in in, uh, October of 2000. That's not true. What? You don't like kittens. <laughs> that is a lie. <laughs> See, that's uh, I something I misremembered about myself. That's right. Yeah. I always thought I, li- I, always thought I liked kittens. I, I told like you kittens. that for years I ate bologna thinking it was liverwurst. That's how stupid I am. And then I finally I'm like, um, I've been eating the wrong thing. Uh, I don't. Uh, it's not under Gadzooks. We'll have to... Uh, you want me to send the? I'll send the audio to, over to Marissa right now. Right. It's this guy that Matt that sent it to us. Thank oh, you, Matt. Do we have time to kill while we wait? For we that, do not have time break? to kill. Okay, we'll break. <laughs> we'll do it on the way back. We'll come back in a moment. Actually, we have another guest who's going to be talking to us. And uh, wait, did we miss that already? No, we're going to call him. Okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, we're late, but yeah, we're going to. The call him. um, uh, Welcome Island Hershey's is going to be taking a virtual approach this year. All right. Uh, so we have uh, Greg Steinbach, who is uh, help, helping out with this event with uh, Laurel House, is going to give us some information on that and what you need to know. So uh, that and the Bizarre File are coming up, so make sure you stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment. Preston and Steve on 93.7 WMMR. Before we get to the Bizarre File, real quick, wanted to give a nice plug to a charity event that we've been involved with uh, for a long time. It is called the Welcome Island Her Shoes event. Yes. Uh, Steve, you come out and put on the shoes. Nick, you do, do the same thing. Yeah, man, it's a lot of fun. And it's for our friends at the Laurel House. And uh, this is for um, uh, people who are victims of domestic violence. And that's men and women, more women than men. But absolutely, I personally know uh, a man who was a victim and and got much needed help from Laurel. House. We heard one of these gentlemen speak at I think it was the last event. That's correct, and it was sobering. That's correct. He's a friend of mine, and uh, so uh, we wanted to welcome someone on who can give us some ideas what the virtual event is going to look like. So he is a uh, a member of the um, the committee and uh, makes the coolest videos promoting. <laughs> Uh, this event. Please welcome uh, Glenn Stonbach, who is on this morning. Yo, Glenn, how you doing, man? Hey, good morning, Preston. It's Greg. Oh, uh, Greg, did I say Glenn? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, dude. no Jesus. worries. Well, where's, where's Glenn? Yeah, no. can you please, we'll hold if you can put Glenn <laughs> Greg, sorry about that. Uh, Greg, uh, you've how many years have you walked in the in the event? This will be my fifth year. Okay, so you're, you're, a, yeah. you're a veteran at this. You do these training montage videos that involve your family that are absolutely fantastic. And listen, the training that you do is legit because if you've never walked in heels before, it's it's a bit of a chore. It's true. It's absolutely true. That's why I, I bought my own pair of shoes for this event because I figured I think I can find a happy medium. So I didn't want, you know, but it, it is. So how, how does one conduct the virtual walk, Greg? So this year we've got to be a little creative, Preston. Um, you know, normally we meet up and we all gather and you, you guys come out in force. You're a great MC force. But I think what we're going to do this year, September 12th is the date, and we're asking our teams to still do their walk but do it in their own creative way. So, for example, my team is the Gorgeous Gans. We're going to gather in my neighborhood. We're going to walk socially distanced and we'll wear our masks, but we're still going to do the walk um, to make it official. But we'd ask that, you know, whatever you can do to show your support for Laurel House 
and for the walk. Do it in your own way. So maybe put the high heels on and cut your grass, um, fix your car, watch hopefully the Flyers continuing to play mm-hmm. in the playoffs, something like that, um, and then post it on social media and just share that and help raise awareness for, you know, a really important cause. Well, right now, and we know this is a fact, that reports of domestic abuse have skyrocketed since um, the lockdown was in place and things are opening up yeah. a little bit more. But it's, you know, I, I've seen so much posts. I've seen so many articles written about, you know, what was a bad situation before. And then when you were forced to be in close proximity to your abuser with very little latitude, it just made things that much worse. And it makes you appreciate what Laurel House does and why, you know, Preston was so moved by what you guys uh, do uh, to to get this because I I cannot think of a who can imagine a worse scenario mm-hmm. that you know you 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 feel you have no recourse and and uh, that's what you guys yeah. provide. Yeah, exactly. And Steve, you're spot on. I mean, in I think it was March and April alone, like in the thick of COVID, it was a perfect storm. I mean, Montgomery County alone, and that's where Laurel House is. I think reported incidents were up ten percent. So that's just reported incidents. So. You know, it's, it's really a tough time if you're in a, in a tough situation. So just for folks to know that Laurel House and places like it are out there. Yep. And, you know, you're not alone. And we, we need them more now than ever. Yeah. So. And it's it's important to get the word out to people who don't know about places like Laurel House uh, that exist and, and get the word to uh, essentially who maybe uh, people who are victims in their own home and that there are resources you can reach out to. And there are safe havens that you can get to, uh, Laurel House being one of them. Uh, so the more that we can uh, get the message out to those particular people or maybe someone who knows of someone who's in that particular situation and share with them what's going on. So that's the point of doing this because I, I can't imagine. I can't even imagine being a prisoner in your own home, how that must feel. But there are ways out. There are ways to move on with your life. Um, so Greg, if people want to sign up and by the way, there's a team WMMR and I encourage you to join in any way, shape or form, but join our team if you can. Uh, how would you recommend that people get signed up, Greg? Yeah. Go to Laurel House's website. It's laurel-house.org and go to the events tab and you can sign up there. You can join a team, join MMR's team. You can join my team. You can create your own team. Um, walk as an individual. And then once you register, we'll send an email out. Um, the walk is on the 12th with how you can pick up your shoes at Laura House if you want to do that. You could get your own if you want as well. <laughs> um, but that's really it. And, um, you know, the walk is just really a great, it's a, it's a fun, lighthearted way to really wa- raise awareness about, you know, this topic. So I, I encourage everyone to do it. And so far, Team MMR is killing it with one member. Oh, one member. So I can add to that. Yeah. I mean, what we've seen, it always comes together in the last two weeks. Yeah. So, and, we, and you guys always come on in force. Um, so I, I know it's going to happen. Do you know wow. what? Th- this is going to allow two pressing the virtual aspect of this is going to allow. I'm going to, I think now I can, I'll do it by myself and I'll just yes. wear a full dress and makeup. Yeah, too. you can yeah, do that. Yeah. You can. So you've been sort of chomping at the bit. If you want to go all the way. Yeah. And where Stephanie <laughs> does the walk. You can do it. Yeah. Or if you haven't done it because the shoe thing seems a little too daunting to you. This is a way to do it, and you can yeah. cheat a little bit. Yes. Um, yeah, no, this is a good way to start. And yeah. then next spring, hopefully, we'll be back in force and, yes. you know, do it all the way. All right, so real easy. Uh, go to the website. In fact, it's linked on PrestonandSteve.com, but you can yep. go to Laurel dot, uh, Laurel event dot laurel-house.org, and you'll find uh, the, the Walk a Mile in Her Shoes. But, and then you can sign up for what team you like. Sign up for Team WMMR. Or is it Gorgeous Gams? The gorgeous scams. The gorgeous scams. Excellent. 
All right, Greg, well, listen, I I will be there for the virtual version of it online. And, uh, you know, we just want to send people in this direction to remind them that these issues are still there and more so than ever. Yeah. And uh, that we need the help. So uh, it's all all these charity events don't look like what they normally look like this year. That doesn't mean you can't be a part of it. Yeah, that's right. uh, All right. Well, listen, Greg. And listen, you guys, thank you so much. You really always come out and support. We really appreciate your voice and your platform. It means a lot to us. We're happy to do it. Yeah. Today is my mom's birthday. So, Mom, happy birthday. Love you. Thanks for raising us right. I'm sorry we can't allow those. (laughs) Yeah, we have to jump out of it. Greg, you're the best. Thanks, man. See you at the event, okay? Thanks, guys. Greg Stonbach. Always be glad to meet uh, Welcome, Mile 2020. Glenn's a great guy. Virtually on September 12th. Glenn. Where the hell did I get Glenn? I don't know. Let's do the Bizarre File. Here we go. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Bizarre File. All right, we'll get to some stories. I I love the way, just the lead uh, line in this story sets it all up. A one-armed schizophrenic roller skater allegedly stabbed three bystanders during a psychotic rampage on wheels in the U.K. in which he thought his family was going to be killed by aliens. When will this end? Do I need to expand <laughs> no. on this story at all, right? Well, I will anyway. Okay. Benjamin Bridgman is on trial on eight charges. Uh, he was brandishing a large kitchen knife and an expression that was from a horror film. Uh, Bridgman, who was born without an arm, is accused of unleashing the terrifying attack. So so wait a second. There, there were no attacking aliens? <laughs> no, no. Apparently that was all uh, just a oh. ruse. The defendant had stopped using marijuana for social anxiety a week before the wild incident, telling a psychiatrist the day before the attack he believed that he was going to be taken away and sacrificed. He picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. Pressed yes to <laughs> reference airplane. I love it. Three men were injured in the rampage. Prosecutor said that uh, Bridgman skated up and stabbed one of the men in the back before slashing another one in the head. Uh, several people tried to stop the assault including Aaron Smith, who jumped out of his car and used a road sign as a shield. He said he chased Bridgman around some vehicles and saw him get knocked to the ground before jumping back up and fleeing. Did this man have any identifying features? He said that when Yes, I, he was a one-armed skater. Uh, when I looked into his eyes, it was like a horror film. It was clear to me that he was intending to harm people. Um, and police finally caught up with Bridgman. They tasered him, and they took him away, and he's facing eight separate counts. Well, her doctors were puzzled over a series of strange infections she developed as she healed from back surgery. But a Salt Lake woman, Salt Lake City woman, uh, said that she didn't link the medical issues to her longtime roommate until the FBI showed up at her door last year. She said they had to show me evidence before I would fully believe that she had done it. Rachel, asked to have her last name uh, be withheld, was telling her story. Said her former roommate, Janie Lynn Ridd was sentenced this week on at least one and up to 20 years in the Utah state prison system. Ridd pleaded guilty to buying bacteria that causes staph infections on the dark net to use on Rachel. Oh, you gotta love that dark net. Police said the relationship started out strong, Rachel taking out a $500,000 life insurance policy and naming Ridd, who helped care for her, as the beneficiary. What a demon. But it soured about three years ago, decades after they first began living together. Police said Ridd would knock Rachel out with sedatives so she could inject harmful doses of insulin or even E. coli into Rachel's system. Rachel believes that Ridd started with Xanax, but would eventually use more powerful 
medications like ketamine to render her unconscious. E. coli! While she slept, Rachel said her roommate would then inject chemicals. Uh, Federal investigators intercepted a shipment of vansiomint. I'm going to mess up this name, okay? All right, go for it. It's vancomycin-resistant staphylococcus aureus, also known as Versa, that Ritt had purchased off the dark web. The bacteria can cause serious skin infections, pneumonia, or even death, especially in an in, uh, immunocompromised person like Rachel. But the Darknet vendor was actually an undercover FBI agent working in another state. Uh-huh. Prosecutor said Ridd claimed to be a biology teacher at a college preparatory school and needed the cultures for a science experiment, but they believed the bacteria was meant for Rachel. She said she watched me suffer, and she doubled down and did it worse. Instead of one injection of E. coli where I'd scream and writhe in pain, she did three when that didn't kill me. Uh, Rachel said Ridd was her only friend for a long time and even took care of her son and helped her get better after a series of surgeries on her spine. But three years ago, they began fighting constantly. Ridd appeared resentful when others would ask if they were a romantic couple, and Rachel said no. Rachel, uh, even even so, Ridd remained adamant uh, that uh, to, or I'm sorry, remind... Yeah, remain adamant Rachel take her medications for her back problems, even if Rachel didn't feel she needed them. But the injections nearly cost Rachel her life. Uh-huh. She is now on the road to recovery and has felt much better since Ridd's arrest. A judge ordered Ridd to serve consecutive sentences of at least one and up to 15 years for attempted possession or use of weapon of mass destruction. Up how, does that get just, how does that get just one year? Yeah, attempted aggravated abuse of a vulnerable adult. Messed up, man. Messed up. Well, a polar bear attacked a camping site in Norway's remote Svalbard Islands, killing a 38-year-old Dutch man before being shot and killed by onlookers. Johan uh, Jakobus Kutel was in his tent when it was attacked by the bear and it killed him. Uh, he was an employee of the of the camping site where the attack occurred. Kutel uh, was uh, rushed to the hospital where he was declared dead. The attack occurred about 4 a.m., for a polar bear, that's a hot pocket. Uh, no one else injured, but uh, six people. Three Germans, one Italian, one Norwegian, one Finn were hospitalized for shock. The polar bear was found dead in a parking lot by a nearby airport after being shot by onlookers. They're wow. beautiful, but they are death machines. Oh, incredibly, yeah. Um, and I tell you what, that's all we have time for for right now in the Bizarre File, but some pretty good stories there. All right. We'll take a break. When we return, we're going to test your knowledge. We'll do a lesson question from today. We have trash. We have music news and some other stuff. So stay there because we'll be right back. Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We can get the lesson question out there and give away a digital download of The Flash, the complete sixth season. And the question that we have for you this morning is, Tony Bennett's favorite new mutant can shoot poop from where? 215-263-WMMR. It's funny, I'm giving away a DC character's uh, prize for a a Marvel character question. Uh, Tony Bennett's favorite new mutant can shoot poop from where? 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, Steve, what do you have for us this morning? Well, Brad Pitt was seen in the south of France taking his German model girlfriend, Nicole Poltorowski, to the Chateau 
where he married Angelina Jolie. Pitt was seen pointing Nicole to the exact spot where the wedding arch stood and then directing her to take a dump. Josh Groban has been granted a restraining order against an obsessive fan named Shauna Marie. Groban is reportedly ecstatic over the decision, especially because he'll now be able to focus on his other fan. (laughs) And finally, Caitlyn Jenner is vehemently denying a report in the National Enquirer, claiming she's been in a deep depression and never leaves the house. Caitlyn says it's a complete lie, noting that she loves to go hiking and camping and bear strangling. (laughs) (laughs) That's your Hollywood trash. right, let's see if we can find somebody who knows the answer to today's lesson question. Tony Bennett's favorite new mutant can shoot poop from where? 215-263-WMMR. Let's go to Ryan. Ryan, good morning. Hey, President Merlin and Steve. (laughs) PMS. Yo, all right, Ryan, where can the new mutant shoot poop from? His eyes. His eyes. So cool. Hang on, Ryan. We're going to give you a digital download of The Flash, the complete sixth season after a fast and furious year. Uh, Team Flash anticipated things to slow down, but in season six... The team content, uh, content, yeah, contends with an all-new villain <laughs> called Bloodwork. And you can own it now on digital, Blu-ray, and DVD. Let's get to music news. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Yeah! All right, uh, we're going to start uh, with this story, and I believe we have some audio of this. Dave Grohl has finally accepted 10-year-old Nandy Bushell's challenge to a drum-off. So if you don't know who Nandy is, she's this girl who's only 10 years old. I've been following her on Instagram for a while. She's great. She's a really good drummer. She does drum covers of songs. And what got the ball rolling for her is how animated and excited she gets when she plays. She screams. She throws sticks in the air. Big wide expressions on her face. A lot of fun. So she challenged, and and she's already had a few other people contact her, like Tom Morello. And she actually got to play with uh, Lenny Kravitz. But now she's throwing these challenges out there, which these musicians are going to answer because she's got a gazillion followers, (laughs) and she's really cute. Uh, But Dave responded to her challenge. And on August 17th, uh, she had issued the the drum battle in a YouTube video where she covered um, Everlong from Foo Fighters. And on Saturday, Grohl tweeted, Challenge accepted. I haven't played these songs in a long time. Thanks for the inspiration. Uh, He added, Your move. In the five-minute clip, Dave shares that he's seen all of her videos. He said, You're an incredible drummer, and I'm really flattered that you've picked some of my songs to do for your videos. And you've done them all perfectly. So today I am giving you something that you may not have heard before. It's a song called Dead End Friends from the band called them Crooked Vultures. This is my response to your challenge. So now the ball is in your court. So he wants her to play that song. Uh, And he was playing Everlong in the video. And he said he hadn't played it since they recorded in the studio. Yeah. That Taylor Hawkins took it over after that. I think we have a clip of uh, We have her playing. Yeah. (laughs) Here we go. Ever talking or is it okay? Checkmate. <laughs> Checkmate. Oh. <laughs> She's adorable. She and is. she not only plays drums, she plays all instruments. There are sometimes where she accompanies herself via video on bass, guitar, and keyboard as well. She's one of those pretty amazing. One of those people. She's gonna go places. So 
Uh, she had responded, "This is unreal. I'm going to go. I'm going to checkmate this one too." So, <laughs> you want his response or no? Uh, sure. Here we go. This is him playing Everlong. By the way, her audio is way better than his. It is, yeah. I haven't played that song since the day I recorded it in 1997. Uh, our drummer, Taylor Hawkins, plays that song Everlong for us every night. But Nandy, I've gotten at least 100 texts saying this girl is challenging you to a drum off. What are you going to do? So today, I'm going to give you something you may not have heard before. This is a song called Dead End Friends from a band called Them Crooked Vultures. This is my response to your challenge. So now the ball is in your court. And then he plays some of it before. So she's going to have to do a follow-up on that. I love it. That's a lot of fun. He was playing on his daughter's drum kit, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins have just released two new tracks, Cry or... Uh, maybe it's not quite. C-Y-R. Seer. Kerr. Huh? Kerr. Kerr. Kayak. Kayak. And the Color of Love. And color is spelled C-O-L-O-U-R. Color. That's the British way. It is. It's so funny. Songs are slated for release. On the band's upcoming studio set, which will mark the band's first since 2018, Shiny and Oh So Bright. Uh, and let's see. There has been no title or release date announced for the album. Uh, That's Billy, about right. Billy Corrigan said in a statement, "Here, yeah, is dystopic folly, one soul against the world sort of stuff." Set dystopic. against That's a good word. Uh, set against a backdrop of shifting loyalties and sped up time. Yeah, of course. Uh, to me, it stands as both hopeful and dismissive of what is and isn't possible with faith. There you go, deep stuff. What the hell are you talking about? (laughs) Jack Osborne blasted the Daily Mail for pictures they published of his dad, Ozzy. On Saturday, the tabloid shared photos of the 71-year-old Black Sabbath frontman that they saw, that they so show, they say, (laughs) (laughs) that they say showed him as being nearly unrecognizable after allowing his signature Raven Locks to go gray. Uh, Jack had hit up Facebook saying, Dear bull-ass tabloid journalist, in case you haven't noticed, it's not really recommended for people with Parkinson's to go get their hair dyed during an effing global pandemic. Just because my father's hair isn't its normal color at the moment doesn't mean S. He's 71, recovering from severe spine surgery. Moreover, he's on vacation. It's amazing that he can have a 50-year career selling millions of albums, and all that UA holes want to talk about are his hair roots. Have some respect and decency. Oh wait, I forgot your kind doesn't. Uh, your kind lost that long ago. Uh, it's time you were held just as accountable for your actions as the rest of us. Shame on you all. I would love to. You know, there's probably audio out there. And then listen, it's it's just sort of nature of the business. But his his mother is like a you know like a talk show sort of host, and they sit around the oh ripping on people. They, they rip on people. I'm I'm sure it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yep. Yes. Yep. 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 It's very kayak. I was very happy to see this this morning. Michael Stipe, because I love R.E.M. Michael Stipe uh, revealed that he and R.E.M. are plotting some type of 40th anniversary event commemorating uh, the 1980 formation of the band. Stipe spoke about the prospects of celebrating the band 
uh, which it did a day back in 2011. And they told Uncut, uh, I'm sure we're doing something, but honestly, I don't know what. I certainly want to market. I was with Patty Smith when uh, she went back to Electric Ladyland Studios and did a live in the studio version of Horses 40 years later. And I opened for her at the Beacon Theater on the actual 40th anniversary of the release of Horses. You know what that record meant to me, so I saw how to do it properly, and I'm sure that we're going to respond. When asked if he missed being part of Rock's Cultural Center these days, Stipe, who's quietly been releasing tracks online, said, No, he said, I had my moment, and I think I I did pretty well with it. Uh, I'm really happy to do what I'm doing right now, and I wouldn't try to compare it or contrast who I am now with what I'm doing now, musically or otherwise, with who I was as a 35-year-old. I happen to be on a very tall world stage at that point, and now I'm not in that position. Others are, and good for them. Has he trimmed his uh, old man beard? You know what? I've not yeah. seen anything, Nick. Good. Yeah, yeah, okay. Steve. He has a, a YouTube channel, which is just Michael Stipe, and I, I guess, Preston, you, you referenced... Um, he eats Tide Pods on that, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's mostly what it's about. Yeah. It's uh, Tide Pod Tuesdays, uh-huh. uh, but he he references... Uh, no, Preston, Preston referenced something, and then I got distracted. <laughs> Michael releases his music via YouTube. And uh, that's where you can go to see that, and okay. he does not have the beard. End of sentence. He's He actually has a pretty... He, he understands what the band was. He always says, look, we were just... He, we were a pop band. We had a we had a moment, and it was I great, and, and, and it's over. He's, he's not trying to suck the life out of it or anything like that, so... Being able to put it in that context will keep him sane. I respect that. And uh, you move on. Yep. That's what you do. And then finally, a new species of snake has been named after Metallica vocalist James Hetfield. A team of scientists discovered the new species of Af- African bush viper on uh, Bioko Island in Equatorial Guinea. Bioko? Uh, no, Bioko. Oh. Uh, the Arthuris Hetfeldi is defined by a triangular-shaped head and strongly kneeled scales. Keeled scales, which gives them a dragon-like appearance. Can't we get one snake named after us? Researchers told Metal Hammer, <laughs> we think that a mysterious, venomous, and cool-looking snake who lives in the base of a volcano lost in the middle of the tropical forest is very relatable to heavy metal. Naming a new species after someone as James brings more attention to the much-needed biodiversity studies and field surveys. There so, are new species cool. discovered all the time. Yeah. It's it's amazing. I mean, it's some go extinct, and new ones are discovered. Yeah. This thing's really cool looking, too. It does it have cool. these, uh, these pointy-looking scales on its head. Wow. All right, and there you go. That's it. That's, that's What do you want from me? Yeah, that's, come on. that's it in music news. Kayak. I don't know what you want from me. Santa's got to go. All right, uh, we'll take a break. Annabelle. We'll come back in a second. We'll get the letter of the day for the Word of the Week prize to tell you what that's about. And Pierre Robert, stay with us. Hey, gang, it's safe to say we've never seen anything quite like 2020. Challenging, uncertain, unprecedented. Go ahead, pick an adjective, any adjective. We'll wait. We've been through a lot, probably with more to come, but we've stuck together like Philly always does. It's pretty easy to feel helpless, but there are a few things we can do. Like social distancing, avoiding large crowds, and wearing a mask when you're out in public. It might seem like a pain, but it's nothing compared to what some people are dealing with. So let's do the things we can do while we have to, and we'll get this great city and great country back to normal. A message from your friends at 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Monday, Preston Steve Show. 
program coming to a close here in just a moment or so. But we've had um, a few people say thank you to through the course of the morning. And I would like to thank uh, um, comedian uh, Taylor Tomlinson for being on the show this morning. Uh, very nice, very funny, performing at Punchline Wednesday through Tuesday, actually. Wednesday through Monday, sold out. That's the shows each day. Pretty wild. And then she has a Tuesday show, of which there are some tickets that are available, and you can go uh, to punchlinephilly.com uh, to get those. Um, so it's nice to have her on. And David Zucker, one of the Zucker brothers, created um, the Airplane franchise, the Naked Gun franchise. Uh, scary top, movie. Top Secret, Scary yeah. Movie, all that stuff. Uh, he was great, mainly just talking about Airplane because it's the 40th anniversary. And that movie is actually going to be playing in theaters uh, throughout September and available to watch currently on Netflix. And it's it's goofy, awesome fun. So if you have never seen it, then it's worth checking out. Uh, and also thank you to uh, Greg Stanbach. I called him Glenn. Yes. <laughs> uh, who is from the Laurel House and the Walk a Mile in Hershey's event that we do every year in support and have Team WMMR is going virtual like many things. Yes, even walks going virtual. You have to. Uh, yeah. Uh, so September 12th is when that is. Sign up for Team WMR. It only costs you $35, and you can walk or not. We would love for it if you if you would and post a video, but just to contribute uh, to help out because the uh, the issue of domestic violence is uh, greater than ever right now with, uh, you know, quarantine and, and uh, limited travel. Uh, so please help out, and you can go to event.laurel-house.org, or you can just go to WMMR.com, com, and you should see a link. Uh, right there, that'll take you to Team WMMR and sign up. We would appreciate the help if you would, please. Pierre Robert is back, fresh as a daisy from the weekend. I am a daisy. You are. How you doing, man? Fine. <laughs> Wonderful. Excellent. <laughs> you're, you're kind of staring off into the distance. No, I'm thinking what a daisy would be thinking right now. Mm. Yeah. What would a daisy be? Yeah, they don't. A think... Daisy would be thinking, I need water, 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 mm. and love. Uh, did you enjoy some of that fine weather we had I yesterday? Oh. I did. I uh, uh, had a few friends over and went into the cement pond. You did? Oh, you yeah. opened up the pool? Yeah. Oh, you, wow. You, like, never used that pool. Well, I I used to use it a lot, and yeah. then last then you summer... you put water in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a skateboard champion, and yeah. so I used it for that, mostly. But um, then I didn't open it last summer. And then it was, it looked like, um, it didn't look pretty when we opened it this year. Right. And then, but now it's pretty. And, um, so we, we, we went, a, we went a water. Good. I tried, I, I have a pool, I'm privileged, I have a pool. Uh, I try to go in every day, even if it's for 10 minutes. That's good. At tops, just take a quick dip. It's there. I always feel happy after I did it. So good. I make it a point to go do it. Good. Cool. I'm glad you used yours. Thank you. Ready for the letter? Yes. Here we go. <laughs> Preston and Steve <laughs> on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you by the letter... Uh, a, as in assault. All right. And we have a ticket for you and three friends to see Smith & Myers presented by MMR. It's Thursday. Part of the live-in drive-in concert series, Citizens Bank parking lot, and each ticket is good for one car, maximum four people per car. You can enjoy the show from the comfort of your own vehicle. Some tickets still remain. You can see the full schedule, complete guidelines, and Marissa's five tips for attending the drive-in shows 
at WMMR.com. And keep in mind, we give that away on Thursday. We're taking the day off on Friday. You give us an even lengthier holiday weekend, uh, which is perfect because the show is that night. Yes. Thursday. So we'll right. give it away then, which is very, very cool. Hosted by Brent and myself. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, what's on the show today, man? Uh, we will have Workforce Box of Metallica, uh, Rise Against, haven't played demo in a while, I love that band, and Led Zeppelin. Ooh, enjoy, ah. enjoy. All right, I uh, want to go through our sponsors and thank them very much. The Preston and Steve Show brought to you by Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show. Also brought to you today by Wilmington University and by Meineke doing car care right. Aha, tomorrow on the show, Steve Gutenberg. Wow. The wow. Steve Gutenberg. Police Academy. Three men and a baby. Three men Cocoon. and a baby. Mm-hmm. Diner. Cocoon, yeah. Cocoon. He has that hot sex scene with the alien in the swimming pool, that's speaking to cement ponds. Right, that's yeah. right. Uh, so we'll spend time with Steve Gutenberg, and I'm sure we'll have a few other things that we will dive into. That's it. We are done. Rage on. Have a great day. We shall see you tomorrow, my friend. Bye-bye. The Breston and Steve love you, hate you line. Anyone who doesn't eat bacon with their fingers, they can't possibly be good in bed. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Next message. Hi. Yes, I'm still waiting on hold to place my order for my Kenny 90. I need exactly 93.3. Woo! Next message. I'm a god of hellfire, and I want... The Preston and Steve Love You, Hate You line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.